Oh. Happy holidays from the Badass Records podcast. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I really appreciate you being here. Oh, thank you. Um, Sean M. Stewart. Uh, Sean M. Stewart, musically, just helps separate me from the other sure. Sean Stewarts. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, this is great. Um, we've had uh, some some lovely December weather this week, and here we are Saturday night kicking off uh, episode 96 of Badass Records Podcast. And... Um, you have got, uh, you, you sent me a lot of very fascinating, cool information, um, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. I want to dig into a little bit of your background, but before we do that, I wondered if you could touch on um, musically uh, what's out there for folks to check out and what kind of you know, digital presence you have and where, whatever those places are. Great. Yeah. Um, so SoundCloud is where I, um, it's where I put most of my stuff. That's where I'm trying to build and continue the following. Um, SoundCloud's my primary. SoundCloud is a bit weird. How familiar are you? I saw you had a, you have a site there or or somebody called badass records does. Is it not you? It's not me. Oh, I've had, uh, one or two. I had a gal, uh, design a, a logo and and a webpage, a Squarespace webpage for me. Um, and then I've had what, at least one, if not two institutions be like, Hey, in in an email and there's a link and you go and they've, there's a pay, you know, it's like, Oh, I could bail on what I have and move it all here. But I I worked with a human being to make this happen. So it's, it's like weird. So it, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, maybe I, pushed a button and made it go to SoundCloud that I don't recall doing. It, there's something there, unless there's another record company. But so are you not very familiar with SoundCloud? So it, it like <clears throat> when this world, uh, you know, digital audio hit my radar, like and 15 years ago, 10, 15, it seemed like SoundCloud was like a big big player in that and then it just kind of quietly in my experience faded to the background and then all of a sudden it's like uh if you know anybody that's like trying to get their rap out there or what like that's a i know that there's a bunch of people that have always lived in that space it's very rap heavy there's no question about okay yeah fascinating um and so like i have gone for random occurrences and dabbled just a little bit and beyond that, I just see it, you know, if you, if there's a page that lists things at the bottom or an artist, here's where all my stuff, well, you, you, it's always You'll there. You'll click the link, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, it, it's, uh, I enjoy it. Um, and and I've, I've been doing it long enough now to where um, I've got a following to where when I put something new up, I'll just get the plays. And so that's my easy 
fallback okay is that you know i've got a couple thousand followers on there nice um that's it's worldwide i mean from what i'm seeing it, it, there's a lot of them here though but um and the weird part is they never tell you who they are really you don't you don't even know but you know that when you put out a new song and i mean as soon as you put it up there i have a couple 300 to you know a thousand plays a week just on like new stuff that I'm usually putting up there in nascent forms. I mean, these are early versions of songs that I'm working out. I'll strike them later when I've got like a replacement for it. Okay. Early on, I'm putting them up there and, and some of them are really horrible. <laughs> uh, but I always know that I've got, you know, I'm going to get 300 to 1,000 people checking out that new thing that week. And so it's just kind of... Now, if you you strike and replace, does that mess up your your views or your streams or? No, they keep my total streams, you okay. know, still okay. separately. Of course, I lose them on that song whenever I strike them; those are just gone. But um, uh, and none of it pays anyway. I mean, let's get right to the point of it. Yeah. So um, uh, I've kind of stopped getting too enthralled with that, but it's just fun to know that um, um, I can put up a song and uh, it, it's going to get listens and. Kind of a funny little anecdotal uh, uh, story with that was uh, uh, this summer, uh, Bob Walkenhorst was uh, uh, Rainmakers. Yes, uh, was, yes, was, uh, uh, which has got some kind of Casey tie, the Rainmakers. Oh, right. Re- re- that's where Bob's from. Okay, Bob, okay. Yeah, Bob, Pat Tomic's from here too. Uh, it's, uh, you know, uh, and I'm, I'm an older guy, so I mean, I, I remember seeing these guys went on MTV in the 80s, mm-hmm. back in the heyday. And that was even a little bit before Melissa Etheridge. So, I mean, that was the Kansas City representation of MTV was right. Bob Walkenhorst. But Bob and I um, have become friends over, over the years. And uh, he asked if I would help him kind of vet some of the songs he was doing early on, take a look and, and edit and stuff like that. And I almost stuck it up. He, he sent me the songs. And I wanted to listen to him back. And I almost put him up there. He goes, oh, for God's sake, don't put him up on your site. He goes, I don't want... You know, like hundreds of people listening to these versions of the song before they're released. And so I'm like, okay, well, we'll step back. Yeah, don't definitely don't put them there. So you can't put things there you don't want people to hear. Right. But um, I'm pretty, um, what's the right word for this? Um, I'm pretty cavalier about it. Um, okay. It's a great word. That I, I don't really give a shit if people hear <laughs> really horrible and get to hear the song kind of becoming good while it's still bad, though. Um, I kind of think that's funny and kind of cool. And it's Absolutely. Occasionally somebody will say, I was listening to this. It's funny. I heard this new one. And uh, and, and that's pretty pretty fun as well. But that's, long story short, that's my primary. Okay. Then I, I, and what and what, and if uh, if I were to go to SoundCloud, I'm looking for what? Sean M. Stewart. Sean M. Stewart. Yeah. Okay. And okay. Same pretty much anywhere. Spotify. You know, I use CD Baby to get the stuff out. And so... Um, that's going to be anywhere. I mean, that's Spotify, whatever else, but I've only got a couple hundred on, uh, or I think just over a hundred okay. on Spotify. Don't really ever promote that. Sure. Um, how about, uh, social media? Um, God, I'm so bad at that. Um, I, I do most of the stuff. I just kind of goof around again, too cavalier probably, but, uh, I saw you had Patrick Sprahey on here a couple weeks ago. Uh, he and I've had some talks and, and he knows so much. He does. And I can tell whenever we talk, I frustrate him because <laughs> he's like, oh. well, you know, because I he knows and I know what I should be doing. And I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah. released an album and right. didn't have any concerts for it, you know? Yeah. 
freaking well. freaking brilliant. So, but a little bit of that though too is just uh, being spoiled with um, with knowing it's being heard. Right. That strangely feels like enough to me. Uh, I. I... I can absolutely see that, and uh, were I in your shoes, I, 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 I might question the use of strangely, like appropriately. Okay, so you do get it. Then. Yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. Well, most of the people I talk to who are in the industry are like, oh, that's not enough, man. You've got to be this and this. and Those are not uh, numbers to scoff at, though, man. I mean, you put something up and 300 to 1,000 people, you know, or in there checking it out like in a week I'm, i'll have as many as two thousand listens in in some weeks when that's I've great a couple new songs out. and that just honestly i think most artists do just want to have their stuff be heard right sure and so um if that's what you call me an artist i don't know absolutely but um, absolutely if i'm an artist then and that's what artists likes then that, that seems to work uh for me to know that it's being heard um i don't have to know all the people who are listening to it um i don't have a following like bob does where he can just go out and Anything he plays, he's going to have, you know, at least 50 people, even at a Wednesday night at the West Sider. Okay, if he sure. He plays a Rainmaker show, he's going to have, you know, thousands. I don't have that, but um, I'm small scale, kind of happy. And I'm, uh, I'm I'm swinging for the fences a little bit with uh, with publishing stuff through the cool. through the uh, TV and film uh, so, database. Uh, just searching Sean M. Stewart on SoundCloud, uh, bad at bad or whatever satisfied enough to let social media be what it is how about a straight up website um i do have the sean m stewart website okay cool and it gets a little tlc from time to time in terms of updating or... yeah probably once a year okay okay i mean I it's better than when you go and if in my experience if you cross paths with uh a person of interest an artist a writer whatever um and then you go to their website or whatever, and they haven't done anything in seven years. I'm like, how do you? Are they still active? Yeah, I, I mean, I know. but anyway. Um, About once a year, though, because when I went to release uh, Easter Eggs was this summer. Uh, right. I, I don't think we knew each other then, so you probably would have heard nothing about that. Mm -mm. But, but Easter Eggs, um, uh, when it came out... Um, well, let me walk it back a little bit. So Easter Eggs uh, was, uh, do you know Sid Barrett? Yeah. Okay, okay. Do you like Sid Barrett? I do. Okay. Uh, I, yes. Okay. Yes. Sid Barrett was just such a pioneer. Yeah. I mean, such a weird guy. So um, with Easter Eggs that came out on July, I think it was 11th this year, um, I, I did the, the opening show. It was just a listening party. There was no show, really. It was just we listened with four speakers around us. Um, because I'd done a lot with side to side on that. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, it was very much in the uh, more than Sid's solo work. It was very much in the early Pink Floyd style of things. And frankly, I I, I indulged a lot uh, in the in the listening to it. Not so much in the writing, couple songs, but uh, I indulged a lot while listening and editing that record to make it be an experience that was super super fun. When you if this is your speed, when you took edibles or when you, you know, smoked, if it's legal in your state, marijuana, right? Um, kind of tried to make it be like a, a a meta experience. Cool. And uh, embedded forty, um, forty-two actually um, uh, hidden messages into it. No kidding. Hence Easter eggs. Yeah. Those okay. Are the Easter eggs. Okay. Uh, they're in there. Um, you, you're. There's no way in hell you're ever going to catch them 
um, if you're just listening uh, on your own mm. um, and doing it, but they're all there. And uh, if I ran it back for you, I could show you where they were and you'd be like, oh my God, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cool, but, yeah. But it's there. So if you're ever really, really bored for like two weeks, <laughs> get some edibles. You're sick, you know, COVID or whatever. Right. Just take some edibles, put on headphones and uh, write down as many of the phrases as you can find. And I've got a checklist on them too. Interesting. So, yeah. Interesting. Um, the biggest one, uh, I would think the average music fan rock fan would know would be uh the gray gig in the sky off of dark side yeah probably. um if you're hearing this whisper you're dying in a you know in a much quieter voice than i just used yeah. amidst this sort of crash that has just happened you know this it's been built up to this hole and then it comes down and you hear this whisper you're dying and like I'm sorry, what was that? Uh, yeah. So I, there was somebody talking, play it, but you yeah. know, but that. Well, there's talking in a lot of that record. And yes. I mean, I, I don't know the history of this specifically. I think they borrowed some of that from the Beatles because I oh. know th there was Beatle talking a lot of times you okay. know, in the records mm -hmm. to just have those convos going in the background. Um, so that was really maybe the only part that wasn't necessarily Sid inspired, but heck, I don't even know if this is interesting to you, but here we are in a podcast, so I'm just going to say it. Um, uh, to get my wife and I were um, on weekends, we would take an edible and just listen to music together. Cool. And, and we were doing Pink Floyd and the ones, the ones that you would think of, yeah. right? especially, you know, Piper at the, at the gates of dawn. And we're just kind of got tired of it. We'd heard it enough or whatever. And so I'm like, I'm just going to write one. I'm just going to, I'm going to, for ended up being six or eight months, I'm just going to try my darndest to tap into Sid's Wi-Fi signal. And I'm going to um, try to write what he would write if he was alive today. Um, not, wow. not trying to write a 1966-67 version of what he was doing, which I had done before. But this time, just what would Sid do if he was writing with all today's technology um, and using all of that? So, hmm. yeah, I... I left it with you now, so you got a chance to, to listen later. Yes, but, uh, yes, thank you. Um, there's a lot going on in that, and it's all pretty weird. Uh, not much linear. It's just a bunch of uh, lyrics that really don't make sense. Um, oh, you left it with me on... Uh, little uh, drive, Flash yeah. drive, but yeah. while I have pop in my hand. Pop. Oh, we got cameras, yeah. I yeah. heard about that yeah, podcast. They're camera. Two of them, no less. Yeah, one for me, one for you. Darn, that's awesome. Makes the editing uh, not short. <laughs> oh, you added those too? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm told there's a chat, whatever, that will do it for you, but I'd rather pick when it, you I know. didn't even see that option when I was looking in the places. I was kind of checking okay. out some of your old, uh, where is it an option? Site only maybe on the website? And the, the, each ep There's uh, audio and YouTube embedded in each uh, episode. Okay. Um, so you can find them there or you could just go straight to YouTube if you chose. Um, okay. but yeah, um, so Easter eggs 20 this year, 2023. You wanted to show some of the t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> pop was, pop was, uh, uh, 2021, um, 2022. I was, uh, being kind of a brat, just a spoiled baby and didn't release anything. I have the, the songs for it. Easter eggs right there. I definitely still have all the songs that I wrote in 2022, but I just didn't release a record because I was, at that point, just being an artistic baby. I just <laughs> didn't feel appreciated. So I'm so much older now. 
Oh yeah, and then that's my side project, uh, the critters. So so uh, Sean M. Stewart, uh, SoundCloud, Easter Eggs, and Pop are all you. Yes, those okay. are just just me. Okay, and then Critters is. Critters doesn't have a record out yet, but they've got uh, they've got a presence on uh, uh, the main one again is on uh, SoundCloud, but they've got Spotify as well. You just got to spell it that way with, with a, a Z. With a Z, and then you can find the Critters. Um, have you heard a Critters song yet? No, I don't think I have. Yeah, critters are uh, they're something. They're furries. Um, oh yes, I, you mentioned that. Yeah. Um, at first, I was like, "Did he mean to use that word?" And then I, th- I think you did yeah. mean to use that word. So, is there costume and yeah, okay, and, and makeup, makeup, and wow. Oh yeah, I do the whole. How oh, yeah. often are they performing? Um, we do vampire booking. Um, it's by uh, invitation only, and so okay, uh, so <laughs> that's that's uh, what vampire booking means. That's what I call it. I okay, mean, okay, and invite us in, you know. Like a vampire, right? You can't just I didn't go invite you this time, Max. <laughs> so, um, Lost yeah, fans. we do vampire booking. Oh, the Don Don Yoder um, from Bad Ideas has. Uh, you need to have her on sometime. Um, she's amazing. She's a punk legend here, but she's in our band as well. And um, she's would doing... you come? Oh yeah, cool. I, I think I think she would. I think she would. I mean, she's a little guarded. Hey, but we I'll all are her. in some sense. I'll tell her you're okay. So I okay, think, thank I think you. that'll fly. <laughs> thank you. And I'm just seeing Brothers Karamazov. Yeah. Have you read it? Not in its entirety, okay. and not for a long time. Okay, that's 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 my favorite Dostoevsky. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If you if you have a if you're talking to somebody and they tell you that they have a favorite Dostoevsky, you know you're talking to somebody that's intelligent. Um. I mean, his his stuff's layered, right? And it sometimes is. a little rough. Yeah. Uh, to, you know, if, if we're talking Easter eggs to connect dots and so forth. Yeah. But you'll never get as many just memorable quotes that tell you about what life's about as you will marking up a, a, any of Dostoevsky's book. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that's my favorite. Of course, I love notes from the underground. Yeah. Um, love, uh, crime and everybody knows crime and punishment. Sure. I sign that at some point, but notes from the underground, uh, Medesky, Martin and Woods first album titled for in honor of really yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and it is like um never again would they uh even come close to producing a traditional jazz record mm-hmm. everything else was pivot this way pivot that way pivot weird way i mean mm. um but i i love that they did that for their first it's like here's a kick-ass jazz record in 1991 everybody and we're going to name it after a Dostoevsky novel yeah you know because it wasn't esoteric enough to be in the jazz field you had to also then go with Dostoevsky (laughs) just to weed out (laughs) just so everybody's clear (laughs) you're not supposed to be here go you know everybody else one in a thousand you might slide right right who doesn't respect that yeah um so but Critters and Don Yoder and who else is in it uh, we've got uh, Calandra Renee, who's in the band, plays bass, okay. and then Alex Boyd uh, is our drummer. Uh, he's a bear. Calandra is a bat. Don is a cat, and I am a raccoon. And uh, you know, I can't really—it's not gonna be big enough for the the big screen. But I'm I'm gonna show you because we played a, a gig last weekend. Okay. Um, and you know, I'll show you and I'll show you the full regalia here that comes with uh, 
with a career. And so too. everybody is responsible for his or her own costume and makeup. Um, I'm the only one who does the makeup, if we're being perfectly honest. Okay, okay. You know, I'm a little disappointed about that. <coughs> Come on, y'all. Come on, critters. But, yeah, get your game Step going, it up. right? But, you know, I, I come out like a full-on raccoon. It doesn't I, look like you at all. Um, and that's also part of it. The makeup makes me look a little bit younger. So. Oh, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> right, right. Because I'm a little bit older than the rest of the band. Well, so. But shh, let's not, don't let that get You out. just played vampire booking style last weekend yeah uh, somebody asked for us over at turnsall books it's a brand new bookstore up on broadway okay and so yeah you know if you ask for generally we'll come we're we're very obliging vampires so nice so very nice usually say yes um well cool are you um are you born and raised here no not at all okay um chicago which is how i knew hockey nice uh, <laughs> boo blackhawks right and Detroit. Yeah. Uh, lived there for a while. Okay. Uh, but I'm a Penguins fan. Hey. Uh, yeah, because dad was born in Pittsburgh, so I just picked up all the Pittsburgh teams. Okay. So, yeah. I, do you hate the Penguins? Um, I don't. In fact, Scotty Young, uh, I wear 48. I've okay. always worn 48 across my whole career in honor of Scotty Young because he was my favorite blue at the height of my fandom building. Mm -hmm. And he won two cups with those uh, early 90s Pens teams. And yeah. then I think he won a third with the Avs when the year they moved from Quebec. Um, I don't... 97. 95. 95 the 90, year they moved, but didn't they win in 96, 97? They year? won the, the, the first year. year. 95, Ooh, 96. Okay, well. I'll and then I think, I think Detroit mm -hmm. took consecutive in 97 and 98 okay I yeah think, yeah I think. you're right you're right but uh i don't love uh um you know mario lemieux's move uh his bluff or whatever when we were in the contention um which whatever that's fine i still love mario um i don't love Sidney crosby just because um i literally go through the roof uh, geekdom wise uh, every four years when the winter Olympics happen and in my time in, of, of being a fan we've come really close twice yeah, and he shot us down he, 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 was that 2010 or? um god yeah yeah around there. yeah because or, or 2008 I can't anyway 2002 Scotty Young was uh in my opinion a critical portion of t team usa's push this was, i think that was salt lake and uh you know we closed the gap in the gold medal game and and then let it get away and then we didn't get that close again until yeah. sid you know put us out of our Last second, oh my yeah. god oh <laughs> my god anyway but that, he's so good i mean i didn't is. want america to win then but it's just like oh that was such a great shot and really at that point only he could have done that i mean you got to give him the respect for yeah him, so. things were like you know facebook and twitter and and things a lot of new tech things had exploded around that time mm -hmm. <laughs> and um god for a minute and there's still some out there uh, for a minute, there was a nice collection of videos of bars around America when, um, God, his name's escaping me, tied it up. Um, good grief, he played with the Wild for a good bit. Um, but, it, I mean, just, you know, and all different areas of the country, just shoulder to shoulder, like pin drop, 
quiet. Folks are freaking out. And then there's a kind of a quick little scrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Zach Parise. Okay, yeah. Uh, there's a quick little scrum where there was a chance. And so you kind of see everybody go, ah! and then and then he buries it. And yeah. oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. places go bananas. Mm-hmm. But dad's from Pittsburgh. Yeah, dad's from Pittsburgh. So Pirates, Steelers, sure. um, Penguins yep. uh, growing up. Sixers? Gotta, gotta love No, that's Philly. Yeah, my it's bad. Philly. We didn't uh, have a basketball okay, okay. team. But, uh, you know, love the Chiefs now. Um, now that I'm here, um, and strangely, a couple of years ago, I realized that when they would play each other, I was actually pulling for the Chiefs now. Which nice. was after, you know, many years of being a Pittsburgh fan. That sure. was something, but who doesn't love Patrick? I mean, I mean, it's pretty. And I, if you're not an Andy fan, I'm an going to take a hard look at you. Right. He's just so lovable. 100%. Um, so is that where you're born, Pittsburgh? No, uh, Chicago's where Chicago. I was born. Chicago, okay, dad okay. was from there. Gotcha. Uh, lived in Ann Arbor for a while, then back to Chicago, Tennessee for college, and then um, right away didn't want to live in Chicago anymore. So came out here uh, and started playing around town in the early 90s. You came, you went to Tennessee for college, which was what school? Uh, Milligan. Milligan, and then directly to KC, or you uh, went home first? I mean, home to basically unpack and okay. all that kind of stuff, you know, get my stuff together. Okay. But I was out pretty quickly. I mean, I... I mean, folks that I've... Traditionally, folks that I've met mostly from here, mostly here now, mm-hmm. that are from Chicago, like, their Chicago love is immeasurable. And they talk... If they're not going back for a visit, they're talking about it nonstop. But you, you were like, that's enough for me? Uh, well, no, not not necessarily. My family's still there, and I still get up there once, twice a year. Okay, for the Italian beef mostly. Nice. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, and uh, bucket of beef. Yeah, the pizza and stuff like that. But I mean, so I, I still get my fill on it. But it's a traffic sucks there. Yeah, it's really, really, it's horrible. And so it's just it's so much more doable here. Um, now I'm midtown. I'm just on 39th Street, and just you know, I you can't beat that. I don't yeah. think so. My middle sister, the Notre Dame grad. Uh, lives there and yeah. has four children, oldest in second grade. And I learned in one of our earliest visits there, like if they have errands to do on Saturday morning, they are their goal is to be home and done with them by 10 a.m. Because otherwise, traffic sucks for the whole rest of the day. I'm like, that's crazy. The traffic is taking up that much bandwidth it does. in people's minds. Where do they live? They live in Lincoln Square. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, that's in the heart of it. I mean, it's a cute little yeah. whatever. I remember there's there's an actual Lincoln Square with like shops and spots for people to gig, mm-hmm. and we've gone down there and listened to live music with all the kids. And yeah, um, so born in Chicago, siblings. Uh, yeah, once it moved out here, though, um, he came to KU um, and never left Lawrence Okay, from Chicago after I came out here. Great freaking town. It's an amazing town. And then uh, the other brother, though, um, lived here for a couple of years, but is now back in Chicago. Okay, okay. Almost all my cousins are. So. And how did mom and dad meet, do you know? Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> they work together. Okay. And uh, mom was, was younger. Okay. A good bit younger um, and got pregnant. Okay. And that was me. And so, yeah, 
that's for another podcast. Sure, sure, but, sure. So. Um, now, uh, <clears throat> memories of them playing music, listening to music in the home when you guys are little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's you know that's the thing that I do love love so much about my dad is um, he uh, God he uh, I didn't appreciate at the time you know a guy who's listening to Chris Christopherson and, and, you know, Janis Joplin, eight tracks and, uh, you know, Dylan and, um, uh, Waylon, Willie, you don't appreciate that when you're in, you know, grade school and like kiss, you know, cause it doesn't rock, <laughs> doesn't rock as hard as you like, but you know, then later that really laid the foundation. And if you listen to some of my records, you'd never know it that I have a good foundation, but um, laid some of the foundation for actual like quality songwriting, you know, with good lyrics. I, you know, I can actually do it. Um, I don't always choose to. Sure. But um, I love it. Um, the, the awareness may be the most admirable piece of that. <laughs> well, have you ever read Notes from the Underground? Uh, no, I haven't. It, uh -uh. It, it's, it, it's largely about self-awareness. And in there... Um, Maybe I have. In there, he talks about how um, I'm thinking of brothers, Karamazov. Karamazov. Yeah, oh, Karamazov. So good too. But uh, it, it's it's about basically uh, the, he talks about the man of acute consciousness, mm. and what he, all he's talking about is those of us who way way overthink things and just get above ourselves and just you know are, are able to certainly assess what we're doing, but that comes with a price tag. <laughs> you know, it's like it's, right. a, it's a blessing and a curse, right? As they say, but. Um, yeah, I think I'm self-aware, um, but uh, some of the songs you listen to, La La Lululu, <laughs> you know, it's, where's the Christopherson in that? Where's the Bob Dylan in that, you know? Well, um, I like the notion of uh, relationships being like bank accounts, and, you know, if you want to keep that thing healthy, it can't just be withdrawal, withdrawal, withdrawal. you got to make deposits. And so, um, as, you know we enter the the phase of teenagehood uh with our daughter um you know my my son like it's not that i can do no wrong but somehow we're just we're right now we're in a little pattern where we really see eye to eye on most everything um and and studies and sports and all of these things come super easy to him he just hmm. You know, uh, so, so I could like just clock out and not just cruise control parenting with him mm -hmm. for a couple of years and then check back in and be like, what's up, man? You know, everything's fine. Um, with her, um, like every minute of every hour is a challenge. And she's in a spot right now where, uh, I mean, she's always loved her mom. Uh, and, and looked up to her and admired her and so but she, but she's really leaning heavy in that direction so i'm constantly like you know am i am i depositing enough and the right kind of cool dad points mm -hmm. and you have a mac like this a max output you mm -hmm. know in a, mm -hmm. in a waking day in a week and in a calendar year yeah. and so i think often because i i'm sensitive and i get really over maybe over analytical uh, about you know how an interaction went or a thing occurred um and so i'm like man you just you know do, you're doing the best you can like a coach patting you know, on the shoulder when you come off the field from fumbling a play or whatever and and hopefully after the fact you know once she's 
out of my house and, and doing life on her own. Mm -hmm. Some retro cool dad points will trickle in that, you know, nobody was really counting on per se. And I mean, I got to hand a bunch to your dad and maybe you did too for when you finally realized like, Oh, that was really cool. That that's stuff that he was into. Yeah. Am I, is that a hundred percent? And your kids will appreciate that later for sure. Um, you know, also this is way off the cuff, but I mean, I'm sure you're doing occasional daddy daughter dates and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, that, uh, will always, uh, always stay with her. Uh, You're going to have hard times though. Um, I had a, had a, had one of each and um uh it, it was so much easier raising a uh a male child than a female child okay. in, in my opinion um that, maybe that's from the male uh, standpoint but i think that um my uh, their mother would have would have said the same thing too um coming around the age she is there, there's some challenges sure there. and so and it's it like i mean she was the easiest baby ever didn't fuss when she was wet or Same hungry or want to be held. Yeah, slept and it, all night. We just, I was like, can I bottle this connection that we have? And then he was not the same. Uh, and they're just shy of three years apart. So, you know, at some point he's a newborn and she's a toddler, you know. Um, yeah. And and it was like, at points, it was like, I don't, how are we going to, I can't see through to the other side. And then it yeah. happened. I probably was, I definitely wasn't even aware of it when it did, but he you know, adjusted and she adjusted and things have shuffled a couple, but here we are today and it's like, all right, you know, and there'll be more adjustments, man. Yeah. I mean, she'll come back. He'll go wacky a little bit later on. It tends to happen later for boys. Right. Um, and then, um, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> what do they say with, 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 uh, girls, you, uh, the girl, difference between girls and boys is with boys, you're worried if they're even going to be alive when they're 18, you know what right. I'm saying? Like right. the girls might be a pain here yeah. and there or whatever, but you know, typically, Louis C.K. Um, said, uh, boys will do damage that you can tally and calculate and measure in dollars to your home, <laughs> but a girl will shit in your heart. <laughs> there's something to that. Yeah. yeah of course, there's, yeah. A, there's a lot of room in between, as uh-huh, we all know, too, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, gender-wise. But um, that was my experience having a, an older girl and a younger boy. Okay, okay. Um, it just, the, somebody was always really easy. And somebody, it's like they switched. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, like a, tag team wrestlers. All yeah. right, you're for the next eighteen months. I'm expecting an A plus performance. You got to be the good parent or the good to the parent because right. I'm I'm gonna just go yeah. nuts for a while. Yeah, I'm gonna go party and so, but you'll be fine. They'll know that you uh, they'll know that you love them. Right, they'll come back. Right. Um. So that's what you remember, Dad, listening to, putting on for the family to hear or whatever when you guys were. He was a music fanatic. And uh, just always had on music in the in the house, and the and that definitely you know took. Mom liked music, but it was more, you know, we were going through a Christian phase at that point, mm. so we had you know uh, Amy Grant and that kind okay. of stuff sure. uh, growing up, and so mom's music was not as cool, and she was on my butt over you know having you know Rolling Stone and Who records when I was a punk little fourteen year old <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> well, uh, I really like this idea of. Um, here's what mom or dad or both were into. And it's kind of just like the furniture in your home. It's like, it's just, you're not even aware really uh, until you sort of take that first step in the direction of carving out your own tastes. And so I'm interested if it, to know if there was an album 
not from your list per se, but something that you uh, borrowed or heard or saw or whatever that sort of, you know, you first, your first album, Love, if you will, that wasn't something of mom and dad's. Oh, aside from them? Yeah. Okay. Or Or something out of their collection that you really, you know... The one from theirs is a lot more impressive than the one that I picked on my own. Okay, so, okay. Uh, let's start there. Uh, so, uh, again, I, I'm growing up, I'm in grade school in the 70s. And so, um, Dad had the Blue Album and Abbey mm, Road. Okay. Uh, he tried them. That really wasn't his speed. Um, okay. He was more into folk and more into what you'd call now Americana. Right. I mean, I think is that was kind of, that is the Dad's, Dad's yeah. thing to this day, was Americana. And so, you know, he... Heard a lot about the Beatles, wanted to check them out, whatever. And I got it, next thing you know, as a first grader to play the the Blue Album, double album on my little Fisher Price, you know. And, cool. Yeah, because uh, he just didn't care for it that much. So that was the most important record that I got. And that early okay. on was super, super important, too. And I remember right away, just at Strawberry Fields and, the, and I Am the Walrus mm. changed my little <laughs> life. Um, I love it. Psych was my favorite music from the get-go. Okay. And I don't know that's because I was born in those psych years. You know, 66, 67 was when psych was... Piper and Saucerful. And, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, and after that, it kind of died off, too. Everybody sure. said, well, we've had enough of that. That's, I, I mean, all due respect and everybody's stuff is different from one another's but like uh i uh, in my floyd student self-imposed student era mm-hmm. where i was like i gotta know all, uh, front to back i gotta know the whole discography wow uh piper and th- i don't sweet. revisit those two because they're you just don't? not for me huh yeah and the final cut you can keep that one too okay but everything else in between i'd like i like all of it Okay, so so you're just not psych doesn't really strike you like it struck me. I don't think so. You may not love Easter eggs. Okay, um, well, but it, it may be worth a listen. And, and there's a couple of popish type songs on there, but um, but here's the thing: mm-hmm. is that I I'm uh, taking the lid off of Pink Floyd and going down, you know, on my own after uh, FM radio gave me precisely what you're imagining it gave me. You know, tracks. Mm-hmm. All the tracks you would think, and so it's like, okay, this this outfit is so amazing that I got to know the whole thing, and I'm gonna start chronologically because I'm a nerd. So I go back and I'm like, what is this? Mm-hmm. And then I go on to uh, Saucerful. Mm-hmm. I'm like, are we just gonna do this till Dark Side? And then whichever's Adam Hart Mother, whatever, whatever's next, I was like, okay, now we're talking. And so I, but I had no, I have no preconceived, you know, I haven't listened to your stuff. So yeah. could be totally. I could be like this. I dig this. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, I doubt it <laughs> <laughs> because it, that's that was the moment. I mean, I can still picture being in Ann Arbor um, on my little Fisher Price. You know, little. And you know what I'm talking about? Those little dip, the with little the plastic colored, ones, yeah, the little green color. and a big fat needle. Big fat needle, and it played records. Oh yeah, it played it just fine. You had to be putting 45s on there. Uh, usually, for, no. You could also play that. It did both. Man. It would. Mine there was room both. around yeah. the back. Yeah, yeah. It was it just opened up, so I, I could okay. do both. Uh, just you know, of course, younger. You only had forty fives, but I mean, um, when I got that, I, I just wore that sucker out. And wow. I, I really just dig this, and still feel like, um, in terms of uh, consciousness and all that kind of stuff, like we've never been at a higher point than we were sixty six, sixty seven. 
Um, Literally. Right, yeah. <laughs> but after that, we just became kind of regressive. It's like, you know, the hippies started to sell out, and, you know, it just... Anyway, it's a, I mean, do you, do you know the... I'm sure you do, the story of Sid showing up at the studio when they were recording when you were here? Yeah, I do. And I think that's when the eyebrows were shaved. His eyebrows and like, bald. And uh, yeah. Roger, I don't remember, one of them, like... Didn't even recognize Who's that him. guy? Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, he's like, I'm the reason you guys are here doing, you know, and he didn't say those words, but yeah. that's what he was, you know. Yeah. So weird. It is pretty weird. But yeah, love that. That was a life changer. No, the first, the first one that I bought, you know, uh, I, God, this is not at all a badass record, was Kiss Alive 2. They're all badass because okay. at one point you had love for them, right? I or did. maybe you still do a little bit. That's what, and and the thing is, it's like, you know, I don't know how many years I wore the costume of music snob, but it was a lot of years. Yeah, I want to hear it, something about that. Well, I got some questions. And so, you know, one of the one of the reasons why this is a thing is because, you know, let's discard that lens and mm-hmm. and at least look through a different one. It doesn't yeah. matter what. And so, what are what are the badass records for Sean and Stewart? You know, so. It absolutely is badass if you loved it at some point. I did. I mean, I, I dressed up like him, you know, uh, uh, I was putting on the makeup, you know, yeah, right? yeah, it was yeah. early, yeah. <laughs> it was early critters. Yeah. Um, so it was helpful for that, you know, for that uh, aspect of it. But, um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. People expect, uh, it, it seems like, it feels to me like people expect me to know like really, really good music. And I don't know, maybe I do, but, um, but the stuff that I was liked the best was the monkeys. Mm. They were in they were in reruns at that point, you know, but there were reruns when I got to Chicago. Uh moved back to Chicago in seventy six and the monkeys just uh were on reruns. And I'm like, Oh, I know what I want to do with my life, man. It's like I just wanna be like Mickey and, and Davey. It's like, oh, I just wanna I wanna do this thing. So it was never like it wasn't so much uh, you know, I yeah, Jason Beers on it. Something like him, I'd expect that he would say, like, you know, John Prine changed my life, and heard John Prine and knew that I had to, these lyrics had to like just be absolutely powerful and you know, right. and so uh, uh, full of gravity. And I don't know. Sometimes it's just okay to say la la lululu or squishy mm-hmm. squishy. Is a, do you know the Zappa tune about the Beatles? Oh, uh, which one? It's uh, I'm I'm not going to do it justice, but it's a uh, uh, you know full of. Uh, beautiful words as he was wont to do when he was speaking. Um, and you know, I I just, it's not for me basically Hmm. them and their thing because it's sort of putting the message out there that, uh, you gotta have an outfit and a, and a, um, a line of products you're peddling and a t-shirt that goes with, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And to close the quote, he's like, to be honest, I prefer the music of the monkeys. He says that. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. I love that. I can't. I'm. I'm not sure where you Check know. The but the source it's, on that. It is yeah. a thousand percent. I think a, a quote of his. I mean, I've. It's. It came up. I had back to back. Somebody chose the White Album, and then the the following guest had uh, Sergeant Pepper's. So, and I found it in doing research for either episode seven or eight. Um, and I think it was familiar. I had seen it before and I was like, God, that is, and it's right, 
you know, when we're, America is drenched, or the world is drenched in Beatlemania. Yeah. It's around that time that he makes this It's like... Well, he's in the movie Head. Did you know that? Did you ever see that? No. Okay, he's in the, the Monkeys movie Head, and he does a little clip, too, on one of the Monkeys episodes where they'd have these little, at the end, interviews. And oh. he acts like he's Mike, and Mike acts like he's him. Weird. And they're interviewing each Funny. other. Funny. Which, yeah, so he had some connections there. Um, you know, the Monkeys, I mean... They were fun, right? And I mean, um, and there were some great writers for him, Carol sure. King, yeah. Neil Diamond. Yeah. But again, you know, this is what separates me, I feel like, from real I'll go to places like Rural Grit, if you're familiar. I I am. I have you intended, know. but I actually went into the brick uh just a couple days ago to see if anybody cool was in there to talk to. Brick's such a great place. Yeah. Love the brick. But, you know, Rural Grit is a pretty serious writer's type place. A lot of these people you've had on your podcast are like regulars there on Monday nights. And it's very serious. Oh, wow. Very, okay. very serious writers. I mean, you know, that's not the place to go if you're just learning to write songs. Interesting. Because you would yeah. stand out like a sore thumb. There's some good writers there. Folks folks that are there have got chops, They've I would got suspect. Chops. Okay. 100% okay. they can play. Uh, you know, they can write. And I just always feel like such a misfit there because I'm like, I, I know I'm the only one who was inspired by Davy Jones first, you know, like, you know, and who likes psychedelic music. And, you know, I, I the first time I ever played the song La La Lulu Lu, which kicks off Easter eggs, I did it at Rural Grit. Okay. And that was a, I think it was the last time I went there too. And it's probably, I know they don't want me back anymore now at this point because um, it's not the typical fair. You go to Rural Grit, and they're waiting for a singer-songwriter, sure. typically yeah. on the country yeah. edge, bluegrass mm-hmm. almost. Or somewhere in that Americana vein. The Americana yeah. vein. And I got up and did a silly-ass song. You know, called, Good for you. Called, Were you nervous? La La Lulu. No, I was almost defiant. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Have you ever been somebody that has nerves pop up when you're about to? Oh, yeah. No. Okay. 100%. Okay. But... Um, I wanted to get that song out there and I just felt like it really needed to be in a place that, you know, you wouldn't think of it usually being played. And, um, yeah, it was uh, interesting. That's uh, hilarious. Yeah. Um, kiss alive too. I want to pause really quick Yeah. and hit the restroom. Can I get you another? Yeah. I'll take another one of these okay. liquid deaths. Please. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so kiss alive too is you with your own money. You went on a, yes, a, that's the first that I bought an album singles, of course, before that, but album of my, with my own money. That was the first time. Cause I, you know, that was what I wanted to do at that point. Yeah. And then, um, that was, uh, 76 probably, you know, like fifth grade. Um, uh, it matriculated to, uh, by seventh grade, which would be 79 matriculated to uh, cheap trick. Okay. Live at Budokan. Mm-hmm. Which was, you know, that's it. Yeah. That's seriously, that's a good album, but they were still fun live. And then the next year was when I really, really, I think, came upon something amazing. Um, in the summer of 80, I was getting ready to, I was in eighth grade, and um, uh, uh, Lola, the live version from One for the Road from the Kinks, came on. And What's the opening line? I met her in a what? Met her in a club down in oh, Old fun. Soho. Really? Where they drink champagne Pain. and it tastes, tastes just like, like cherry cola. Cool. Changed from originally Coca-Cola because Coca-Cola uh, uh, threatened to sue. But um, which way, is, way to get dumb. litigation get started. In, yeah. Get in your own way. Yeah. Coca-Cola could have been the line. And and, and then how many people are like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll threaten to sue if ever there's a... Anyway. Yeah, mention us. But that... If you, have you ever heard that album? 
I don't think in its entirety, no. That's a life changer because it's it's effectively greatest hits, but they were doing a really good job live and mm-hmm. uh, just so, celluloid heroes and just some of those seriously written songs. You're like, all, oh my god! Even at that, that was when I really was on my own coming around to I think the the tracks that Dad had laid. Mm. You know, I've been doing Kiss and Cheap Trick, and you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, all okay, Ray Davies, okay, whoa, this just this just jumped up a gear you know it's like pretty amazing still my favorite brit writer okay um and brits are my favorite music so it's <laughs> speaking pretty highly said to be second but um and then john lennon third but um that album was an amazing way for me to get acclimated to the kinks because I, I wouldn't have wanted to hear village green or my favorite my personal favorite which is um the one before that uh 67 release Village Green was 68, 67, um, Something Else mm-hmm. by The Kinks. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite Kinks record. Okay. And one that I would absolutely put on the Pantheon. Um, but yeah, I, I I know that's part of what you do is you kind of collect people's stories about these, you know, their favorite albums. And you're really good at getting people to that, to where, you know, it feels natural. Like oh, thanks. Story Thank and you. All that. And you're good with it's been a weird thing because it's like... Uh... I didn't expect that anybody would ever have reason or cause to say no to doing this, but lots do. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, and so it's like, eventually I realized that just it's not for everybody. Not everybody wants to do, you know, um, which is fine. Um, but I went, what, what, how did I go wrong in this approach? And it's like, oh, what I wanted to do was talk to folks about their stories and include music. Um, but I didn't want to say, I want to talk about you. So I put the music at the fore and then folks are like, I don't, first of all, the number of people that are like, I don't really have any interesting things to say or tastes in music. It's like, yeah, you do. Cause you know what else? Nobody has that same. Anyway. Uh, true. So it's like, no, 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 no. It's not, uh, we're not going to like exchange wits. I actually just want to talk about you. And then by that time, you know, anyway, yeah. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, Cause no. like, I don't, it's not, it's very natural. Cause a part of me was just scared to death that you were going to be this, um, you know, someone maybe on spectrum like me who just, <laughs> <laughs> um, just wanted to get to my favorite album and like, you know, wanted to, you know, kind of tear that apart and all that stuff. I'm like, all. I really, I don't feel that strongly about it. I don't, I don't sure. think in those terms. Sure. Like I don't, my favorite album will be my favorite album of the right now. Like uh-huh. I'm listening to right now. Yep. And then later it'll be something way, way different. And all of them make what I'm doing, uh, put me where I am uh, and, and make me, uh, you know, have made me what I am and wh- where I'm writing. So I'm thankful for them, but I just don't think in those terms. Sure. But I'll see these people on these lists that you have and they're, they're super impressive. And I'm like, mine would be so lame. It's I mean, but why? Uh, you, uh, there's something like, but you're you're not you're not validating yourself or giving your own experience value by saying that, in my opinion, hmm. and it deserves to be right up there with everybody else's. Oh yeah, no, it does. Okay, it's just that I know how <coughs> music snobs think, mm. and and I know how they view music, and they'd be like, monkeys, kiss like too. Well, then they don't know what they're talking about. Uh, I mean. The, the monkeys didn't wind up on television, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I don't believe the monkeys wound up on television by pure 
mistake by a coincidence. I mean, somebody was like, these folks are talented. You know what we should do. But you know they were actors, though. That was it, right? I mean, yeah, they, they all played a little bit. Uh, but I mean, they, uh, and this was the whole fight that happened with the monkeys too, was that, you know, the, the, the inmates took over the asylum okay. is how they, they said it. And, you know, these guys were hired just to imitate a band. I mean, they wanted them to be able to play. They knew they were going to get, the, they had Don Kirshner picking out the best possible songs they could have. And they were just supposed to sing them and stay the hell out of the way. Oh, okay. That was, that was the plan. And then... Mike, especially, I think, got everybody all worked up because he was like a legit songwriter. Yeah. Like, oh, let's just do this on our own. We don't need these other people. Right. They're not letting us play our own parts. But I mean, that's the thing, too. Peter Tork talks pretty realistically about that. When they're not letting you play your own parts, but they that we speak of is the wrecking crew, you know, or Carol Kay, Glenn Campbell, um, mm. is the, the people that were putting out the record crew type things. Nobody can play like them. Right. They're going to get that in one take, and it's going to take you 10, 20 takes. 30. You know, 30 <laughs> takes, right, whatever. Um, so that was hard competition, but they wanted to do it on their own, and they made a fight for it, got Kirshner fired. Um, after two records that beat the Beatles, they outsold the Beatles. The two Kirshner ones were just amazing. Wow. Um, and then That's they, cool. it, it was. I mean, so, and isn't that the whole overview of music too it's like which was right and which was wrong neither i yeah, mean exactly you know, earlier they were way poppier and uh and they were just supposed to be little parrots who you know, actors who were funny and 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 sang other people's tunes but um there was an awful lot of charm in what they wrote later too on their own um but neither hmm so when i talk about like what's legit or not i i don't really care um, I just recognize that there's this general, if you're talking about music critics and stuff like sure. that, people who yep. host podcasts and stuff yeah. like that, uh, nerds, music snobby nerds. Yeah. Um, I know that I know the opinions they have and who they, who they put on the Pantheon and it's going to be different than who, who I have up there. And that's fine because neither one of me as a writer, you as a music expert, former DJ, you know, podcast expert, neither one of our opinions any more valid than a Taylor Swifty that you had interviewed on the last Hey, show. look how current uh, you are. I checked up. I, I did a little bit of research. But um, Taylor Swift, you know, is a good writer. I mean, and there are people, including my wife, who love her to death. Nice. Um, that's just as valid as yeah. as what as what we like. So I, yeah. I'm able to categorize all that, I think. But um, part of it, though, is, too, I think my reluctance to uh, to – jump into albums is usually i i'm just so hard on albums mm. um and i talked a little bit about this i think in the in the pre the, the pre-show um i have very short attention span right and so i always have um unless it's a truly great album um i have a hard time making it through sure um an entire album um well i mean when folks say this one right here no skips those are few and far between. Now you're going to yeah. have different, you're going to, oh, you're saying that because you're a super fan of this artist. Mm -hmm. So you've got your collection of records that are no skips. So does the person next to you and the person over here. And then there's a whole other collection that lots of folks agree, this handful of records, these are all, you know what I mean? No so, skips. But most records, 
we have favorites on. Sure. And so we, it's not, not every track's amazing, but <clears throat> conceptually, I love records. And uh, when I had money coming in, record store. Now I'm in cassette land because I'm in the 80s uh, at this point. But, you know, album art, member names, track listing, track run times, the smell of the new print. Anyway, yeah. that's... I'm I'm hard on albums they too. Like there can be, you know, all the boxes checked about a particular album, mm-hmm. but maybe it has three shitty songs on it, and I'm like, you didn't do good enough. Yeah, why wouldn't you know? That's what I think too. And I'm like, as much as I love the idea of the album, and the, especially if it's a concept album, right? Or right, even if it's not, it's still somewhat of a concept album. I heard someone ask Bob Walkenhorst at his release a couple weeks ago, like how he knew when an album was over. And you know what? We just know when the album's yeah. over. Um, th- there's not a, I think they wanted him to say, well, you know, we, we got to 11 songs or whatever. No, it, it's, you know, when the songs that were part of that time, that epoch, um, are done. You know when, yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. It's time to move mm-hmm. on to the next one. Yeah. Um, but, so I love them and I hate them because it's so rare that somebody can write a good song. But also, it's so good when somebody can write 10 good songs. Man. Um, That's such a bigger deal than people think. And I'm sorry. This might be part of the reason you get a lot of no's here. I think Kansas City is too nice. Uh, Kansas City is, you know the the phrase Kansas nice? I didn't learn that until I came here. I don't. Kansas nice is, you know, oh, oh, Blair, you're you're so cool. And then I walk away. What a dick, you know. I mean, it's just... I'm not really telling you how I feel. I'm just, I, I'm going to, oh, you did a, such a great set. Such a great set. God, can you believe that guy? He can't sing a lick. You know, as soon as I turn around, oh, I hate that. Kansas nice is that, like synonymous with being two-faced. Uh, it just, yeah. Or you're more concerned with politeness than more being concerned truthful. With poli- more concerned with politeness. Yes. That's more the, the way you would Ugh. say it. I don't think they're looking at necessarily I'm glad we're two-faced. sitting in Missouri right now. <laughs> yeah. Thank God we're just over there. Right. Um, but, um. No, uh, Kansas nice is something that doesn't help anybody because we, we act like there are all these great albums out there and no, they're not. Yeah. I'm sorry. And yeah. least of all locally, I'm sorry. When we're talking about just local records, you know, I, most of us aren't signed. I mean, there's a reason, you know, for the most part for that. And, um, so there's gonna be a lot of bad stuff you got to listen to it. And nothing bothers me more than when someone will talk about this was an album of the year and I'll put it on. And I'll be like, there was maybe one good song on it. Mm. Please don't tell me if right. you're supposed to be a critic or somebody <laughs> in a professional role that something's a great album and then have it not be a great album. If you tell me that, I'm expecting I should I can buy it and I can listen to both sides. Yeah. Um, and we're not hard enough on records. And and this is the part that I wasn't sure if I'd get into, but I don't know, maybe it's the the liquid death talking. <laughs> um, th- so I'll just go ahead and say it. I'm from Chicago. And, you know, Chicago is, uh, uh, we're going to tell you how we think. Yeah. I mean, you know. A lot of East Coast flavor, blunt, direct, Yeah, not rude. Uh, I mean, it can flirt with rude. Can be. But but I mean, we're not going to just act like you're not, we're not, you're not owed me liking you right away. You know, it's just like, I don't know. Yeah. It's like when I go to East, when I've gone to Eastern Europe in the past, um, you know, the these are mean people. They just seem so angry and isolated. No, they just, they don't know you yet. Yeah. And it's like, why do we smile at people we don't know? 
I guess it's nice. I don't know. But I think I think if you're operating from the point of view that is you never know what somebody's going through. And so like maybe maybe a smile was what that person needed at that time and why not roll those dice? What are the consequences? I mean, we're talking about it in some sense. Yeah, you're right. But you're right. Um, I, it's an interesting notion, I think, along these same lines of uh, writing reviews, um, be it of a, an album, uh, a book, a, a concert, a restaurant. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. how do you, uh, if, you, if you're, you're not established, you're maybe maybe that's a goal of yours to be a staff maybe it's monetary maybe you you want to anyway uh everybody's restaurant can't be four stars and amazing and you know uh at some point you're gonna have to speak honestly or else you know you, you're not doing anyone any favors right and and so here so you're gonna um, you're not you're gonna piss somebody off no matter which are. line of the which you side are. of the line you walk on and so and i'm not you know Here's here's my tack on it. So when I if, if somebody plays or shows me a song and that happens a lot, um, um, I'm always going to try to say something nice about it. I'm always going to say something nice about it. There'll be something good about it. Sure. You know. Um, That's cool. I like that. Yeah. But what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to tell them that they're a great songwriter if they're not a great songwriter, because that actually I think that's actually damaging. It it becomes this thing where. Uh, down the road, sort of like those retro dad points. Uh, man, I didn't realize it at the time, but I really needed Sean M. Stewart to say that to me then, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't have swallowed that bitter, you know, moment of honesty. And then, okay, let's reassess what's missing, what needs work, what's fine, yeah, what's good. Now, I'm not saying I want to be a critic because believe me, that would that would be rough. But I, I don't feed the other side of it. I'm not going to just be throwing out this can, Kansas nice thing and then later be like, oh god, then you know she can't write, you know. But then then why would I tell you what a great writer you are in person? Or you that was a great song you just wrote. No. Well, the no, a lot of the no's have come that way where I really? am introduced to somebody. Mm. Hey, did you know Blair has a podcast? Oh really? It's like we. Do you want it? And they're like, "Yeah, that sounds amazing." And then privately, they're like, "No, I, I was being Kansas nice." Oh, that's Kansas nice. <laughs> you then you get it. And I heard you talk about this before too with the nose. That's interesting. That is that's the Kansas nice principle, which is fine. It's not for everybody. It's not for it's everybody. Not. So, but if you caught me live, I would guarantee you. If I didn't want to do it, I would tell you that. And I think it's just a product of being from from Chicago. There you probably. go. There you um, go. But here's the. So, okay, so we're nice, and everybody has the greatest album, the greatest restaurant, and the greatest Kansas, you know, whatever. Um, you know, we're all just doing the greatest, the greatest, the greatest. Um, so, what was it? Uh, uh, five, five years ago. Um, I'm not getting younger. I'm like, oh, I, you know, I think I've got the writing chops for this. I, I can write pretty much any style. Um, I, I want to really get serious about this. And so, um, I talked to Calvin Arsenia's uh, manager, Ashley. One one lunch we had together, and I said, you know, how do I, how do I really try to go national and try to like do something that makes more of a splash? She goes, you got to read this book. It's called How to Make It in the Modern Music Industry. Oh shit! Yeah, somebody wrote that book. Yeah. So okay. I, it's a big book. I read it, and I'm like, all I, so much of what I've been hearing is wrong, and and a lot of that, you know, came from Kansas Nice, well-intentioned people, you know. Uh, 
I mean, it's one thing if, 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 if it's your buddy, you know, you and I become best friends and then all, you're all exuberant about, oh, Sean Stewart's got a new one, you know, whatever. Okay, we're friends, whatever. There's going to be a little bit of that. But when that's your job to tell us what the best is, you got to kind of back off of that because I learned how, well, I learned right away that um, I started sending my music to people. You know, my music that I've been told was just so, oh my God, it's just so great. You know, and no, it wasn't. The, product, the production wasn't there. Um, I started having people who, who ran labels telling me very specifically what was wrong with it. You know, because I'd be like, no, people are telling me this is great. They're like, like no. Uh, right down to things, and this can be a little bit harsh, and this is more if you're trying to get stuff published in the TV and, and, and film publishing database, but um, you can't dick around if if you're sending in those songs. There can't be a 30-second guitar strumming intro before and you know slowly you know building up synths before things start you can't do that there's not time for that yeah they don't they want to know does this song have it now like it or not that's our current landscape that's where we are right now um if you want to sell things you've got to have it grab them pretty much right away and um i learned it 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 hurt at first you know, because people weren't being nice anymore. I was hearing mean things and I was hearing things that were hurtful, but it's made me such a better writer. And so that's awesome. The best thing that you can get is if you can get somebody, I, I love Bob is so knowledgeable. I love talking to him and he's also very honest with me. Um, you need people like that who will just, you know, tell you, I think, you know, that tell you the truth about what sure. it is that you're, you're pursuing versus the Kansas nice answer to things. And, and then I think Kansas city would be a more, at least a, it's a great music town, but don't hear me saying it's not a great music town. It's great. I love it. It's, it's, it is very friendly, but uh, I think it'd be more important and we could be like building each other up to be like all, there'd be like this community. Um, there's an old from my evangelical days, iron sharpening iron is an old thing that sure. they talk about, but just that whole thing about just like making each other better by being around other good writers who aren't giving you bullshit and just saying that every song you've just written is, is the best. Sure. Well, I think, you know, uh, there's tact and time and energy that must be present if you're going to deliver that harsh truth. And I think, uh, how does this thing that Joe Rogan says goes, uh, uh, hard times make hard men. Hmm. Um, Hard men make soft times. Soft times make soft men. Hmm. Uh, and so, like, I, th- I feel like we're in this pocket right now of, like, I hate it. I, I'm not trying to be harsh, but I'm trying to be honest. There's just, like, this coat of cowardice. Uh, everybody's, af- you know, uh, not necessarily afraid of... Uh, you know, upsetting somebody or hurting somebody's feelings, but afraid of like doing actual, the hard work. And I don't mean bent over digging trenches, you know, roofing in July. I mean, delivering, sitting in uncomfortableness for Mm -hmm. a moment with purpose. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Nope. Over here. Right. That's, that's a, you know. But if all we ever hear is positive, we don't. We're never going to get the full 
uh, you know, landscape of it. Bernay Brown, if you know, the, yeah. the, the, the yeah. researcher, uh, talks about how if, if you try to cut out, you can cut out in life all of the hard things and all of the pain. You could numb it. You know, you have ways to numb it. And as soon as you do that, you've numbed all the beauty and the and the wonderful mm-hmm. things too in equal proportions. There's a saying going around my work <clears throat> environment right now, and it's, I'm seeing it a lot. Uh, and it's if you only ever did all the things you don't want to do you would have everything you wanted i like that one yeah, and it's like yeah. at first you're like that's not you wrote that wrong yeah and then you risk you're like oh yeah putting the work in yeah it's about putting the anyway work in. i want to get back to the kinks but first yeah. uh uh first show first show i went to yeah whether this it's is perfectly sean typical bg's oh Bgs, where seventy nine when I was thirteen, with br- family or friends? Uh, yeah, or both? with family. Um, my cousin and I went, and my two younger brothers. But yeah, so yeah, I don't even have a cool, you know, because that was disco era Bgs. Yeah, I like early Bgs. Okay, but I'm not a big fan of disco era, and that's that's what I was catching that mm. So yeah, not not a very impressive one, dude. I think that's the coolest first show really? ever. Yeah, oh. uh, late. I mean, I think the you know late seventies, early eighties. By the time they're hitting my radar, I think their days are numbered. Yeah, um, it was toward the end. But yeah. I was like, "What is th-? like?" I didn't know that I had groove and move in my core until until BGs. Yeah, and yeah. and that's and I wouldn't. What what's hitting me when I'm hearing them is the amazing pipes. And and oh well, I don't realize that all the groove is like scratching all my itches. I just I'm hearing those pipes and being like, that is cool. Recently, um, God, it's it's uh, the name of the tune is escaping me, but I saw like a TikTok or an Instagram or something where they've broken all the tracks apart in a in this Bee Gees tune. Um, it's the one that opens with. Uh, uh, night. I think it's night fever. Is it night fever? It's night fever, and so you got this. Yeah, and then you yeah. got like a fat bass line and some keys, and I, I'm like, I'm going, oh, no wonder. Yeah. I liked that so much because when you know it's putting in there, there's some work being put in there. Yeah, to make that little yeah sort of comfy outfit happen well unfortunately you know back in uh in the context of time by 1979 and 80 there was in chicago a movement called disco socks <laughs> and so how fucking chicago <laughs> it's so chicago but um so i'm like all <coughs> and it, it, extra jardinera yeah disco exactly. sucks <laughs> disco fucking sucks. disco guy Right, just what's your first concert, kid? Be ah, mm-hmm, out of here, mm-hmm. get out of here. But um, uh, so it just wasn't cool back then. But when you look at it now, like so many other things, like I just I did a cover of a Neil Diamond song yesterday, you know. And when you when you listen to it, yes, there's some melodramaticness to it and some stuff that you you go, why you kind of laughed back in the day or whatever when you were a kid. But my golly, those are pretty well written songs. I mean. It's hard to find a, a better buildup to a chorus than I Am, I Said by Neil, Neil Diamond. You, and he's just screaming by the end. You want to scream too. Have you listened to 12 or 12 songs? No. Is that the one that he did with uh, oh with uh, uh, the producer? The, Rick Rubin. Yeah, Rick Rubin. 
Is it good? It's okay. incredible. Yeah. I mean, he sends him to a, you know, cabin in the mountains or in the hills or something really? and for with he's got his guitar and it's 6 months and I I lean in the lane of hyperbolic, you know, so I'm good with that. And, and so he comes down. <clears throat> Rick Rubin puts it on, gives it a listen. Get back up there. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And he came back down and he was like, holy shit. Really? It is so freaking good. It is so like. I'll check it out. Uh, but yeah. what if Rick Rubin was Kansas Nice? Would we have gotten 12? I don't think so, would we? I I mean, I, to this day, mm-hmm. hear old Neil Diamond and, and go, wow, it's the same how that's crazy okay, i gotta hear 12 apparently. it's so good i mean my yum might be your yuck you know it's not everybody loves the same but i'm not if you're talking singer songwriter like... dude with an acoustic guitar pouring truth and heart and soul out sounds oh. great sounds great um I, f- I fucking danced to one of those songs at my wedding like really? that was our and we did uh like months of ballroom dancing lessons as it started as a, no, it was like, we're, we're going to, we're going to have a, a cool day anyway. And wow. when all the things we ended up using one of the tracks from that, from 12. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, anyway, um, no good stuff. But so I, and Maurice could play bass and Maurice could play guitar too. I mean, there were some good instrumentals with the BG. So I'm not trying to dog it. But it's not as it's not as powerful sounding as saying you know I saw John Prine first. Sure. Bob Dylan was my first concert because I'm such a songwriter. Whatever. Or whatever. But yeah, I'm I'm more pop. Um, Most I would say heavy heavy majority of folks uh, when they hear that question immediately smile because most of the time that first show or first memorable show or whatever isn't. That's not their jam today. Yeah. Now they still, most folks still have like a, you know, like a little bit of covet happening for that experience and that exposure, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But it's, they're like, <laughs> you know, anyway. Yeah. Um, I want to know if, if it's not too much to ask, uh, sort of musicianship trajectory for you and, and mm-hmm. that first album that you held in your album, that first instrument that you held in your hands sort of to today, like, Okay. What does that look like? Okay, wow, great question. So um, in in 77, um, I, I, mom had a guitar, and I'd been watching the, uh, the Monkees reruns now for a year, and I was such a little psychopath. Um, <laughs> there was an older girl across the street, Maria Villanueva, three years older, which was just eons older back then. Mm-hmm. You know, and she was so cool and so pretty. And I would, t- I would tell her that I already was playing and writing, and I didn't, I didn't have any of it. No, I, I mean, there's a guitar in my house. <laughs> and I would sit like a little psychopath in front of the mirror, and like just imitate like playing, you know, songs. And so, again, when I first saw it, I'm like, I know what I'm doing. So I just really got, I didn't lie, I got the chronology wrong. So that's how I think about it. You know, it's like. Uh, uh, I, picked up that guitar and started acting like I was playing it and then the rest just kind of came guitar was my first okay I failed out of lessons twice because I couldn't can't read a note and I didn't really want to learn mm. um, and just learned from older guys 
I, I could sing, so I got on with some uh, blues guys in Chicago who were older, um, and that was a great learning experience and defining experience, but they taught me how to actually play. Now, I could never play the leads. They wouldn't let me. Sure. I wasn't good enough, sure. but I could sing. Um, but that's where I started to learn. Uh, guitar was first. Um, bass was always when you weren't the guitarist that was the best one in the group. You'd jump over to bass, which is a guitar. Yeah. But, you know, without the top two strings on it, that sounds a little bit lower, as mm -hmm, it turns out. Mm -hmm. um, but not to dog real bass players, which I'm not. I mean, Zappa took care of that for us also and said every bass, in, inside every bass player is a failed six string player. <laughs> Did he really say that? <laughs> it's like, dude, a little on the nose, Frank. Come yeah. on. Oh, ouch. Maybe too soon. Yeah. But um, uh, so that then bass, that singing, of course, I mentioned that. Um, and, uh, by uh, by college, um, I I wanted to learn how to play drums, so I started playing drums. Oh wow! And just you know picked that up too, um, and I'm still very basic at it, but I can I can record my song, songs because um, it's easier for me. Um, I, I I write a lot, a lot, a lot. Check out SoundCloud sometime. And I you had a guest on. You were talking about how they had 90 songs for in 20 years or whatever. Uh, well. There's probably 300. Wow. And that's only 10 years. Um, wow. So, um, Prolific. Yeah, I, I write all the time. And again, I'm getting my joy because I'm, I'm sharing that and people are listening. And so, you know, that's happening for me. But it eventually became efficacious for me to just learn how to play all the instruments because nobody... I, I, and I'm impatient. That's why I have a hard time with whole albums, whole, sure. you know... Back to that short attention span. Pardon? That attention span you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is the heyday for it. Nobody has one. Right. So the world caught up yeah, yeah. to me. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, nobody has Right, it. right. Uh, but I just learned that nobody was going to... I'd be like, can you come over tonight, man? No, what's going on? I got a new song. Man, let's get to that in a couple weeks. You know, I got this and that. And I'm like, it won't be here in a couple weeks, brother. A couple weeks. Yeah. So then, most recently, I've learned keys. Cool. And um, I've you got a bunch of gear. I got a bunch of gear now. Nice. I do it all at home. Okay. All, all the stuff happens at home. Okay. And I'm, I guess I'm getting. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't have thought so, but um, I had Patrick Meager uh, pr uh, produce all the stuff. I would record it at home, and he'd do the ma the mixing and mastering. Okay. Until Easter eggs was the first one where oh, I did the majority of them. Continuously evolving. I am doing all of it now. Wow. That's, that's the, the mixing. The and you have a, do you also have a full time? Yeah. You yeah, have full and, and a Making life money. partner. Does have a life partner. Are you getting eight hours of sleep every night? Um, yeah. I really wow. Do. More like 10. I, wow. I, need, I need a lot. So uh, amazing. Yeah. I don't know. You know? That's cool. And so, the, it's the support. Of, of said life partner to to put in the oh, time where you're putting it she's amazing and cool. she knows i mean you know just the middle of the night i'll get up and she'll be like you got a song don't you <laughs> and then she'll hear some goofy stuff happening you know like that's great what we so i mentioned this a couple of times already but the, the the one i'm working on most recently was just written a week and a half ago it's called squishy squishy okay and uh um uh when she first, I can tell a song is good. Here's my litmus test. I can tell a song is going to be what these people, these producers were ripping my shit apart for initially. I can tell it's going to be good and something that people can grip onto 
if they can sing it back to me after hearing it once. And I'm in the other room doing this. And the next morning, she's humming, squishy, squishy. Nice. Squishy, squishy. And I'm like, oh, oh my God, you heard that. She's like, yeah. And, and you're singing it back. She goes, oh, yeah. I'm like, okay, I guess that's good then. Right? <laughs> it's like, nice. I guess it works. That is a live-in, mostly free of charge, permanent litmus test. And boy, she ain't Kansas nice. Right, good. Hey, so, yeah. so you're constantly honing. <laughs> I am honing. She's lovely and supportive, but yeah, if she hears something she doesn't like, she's she'll tell me, which is, so which is good. you started with the guitar, and now you're sort of homeless because you've got chops in all the departments yeah yeah and it's just about getting the song out now i'm sure. just, just getting the sure. song uh recorded and now to where i can get it to publishers to see if they will take that onto their publishing lists that gives you the shot of getting in the big movie um getting on the big tv show the mm-hmm. kind of things that mm-hmm. i really want to do now um i'm gonna say i've already sent squishy squishy's concept to squish mellows i that's um, where my mind went with it i mean there's 15 of them on my second floor. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, then I'll send you. I'll send you. A clip. Is it your daughter or son? Is both. It, they're both into it. Okay. Yeah. I'll send you this little clip I made. A little or clip. or they were in. Here's how Squishmallow goes. It, we're at Costco, trying to or wherever trying to hustle and get a thing done. Cross it off the list. Oh yeah, sure. I don't just put the it downtown in downtown Costco. Yeah. Yeah, it's got the Squishmallow bin. I sure. I don't care. You know and. The, the, they could barely hoist it. And yeah. As long as you're happy and we're moving in the direction of getting the, all of a sudden it's like, how do we wind up with? Anyway. I hope you don't have a small car because that would be the back seat. <laughs> no. But, um, but that's really cool. So, so I think if I've got a niche now, as you start to listen, maybe you'll find this to be wrong. And don't, <coughs> don't be Kansas nice with me either. If I'm wrong, tell me. Right. But um, what I'm trying to be is a catchy writer. Um, I'm Smart. trying to write hooks. Songs that um, just grab you, whether or not the lyrics are, are heavy and important, um, it's got to have a hook, or I'm just not, I'm throwing it back. Interesting. Um, at this point. Um, Get I, back up there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't write um, a- actively, and I, and I encourage anybody who's trying to, to get better to, to drop the writing actively. Don't, don't Can get you it. elaborate on that, please? Absolutely. Um, when we're young... We want to get with friends and we want to jam and either on our own or, or together with a friend. We want to like, we're going to write a song. Okay. Well, that's a cool chord progression, you know, A to D to E. Never thought of that one before, you know, or whatever. And then, you know, and then what do you do? You got the, so I'm going to sing, I love you. You're going to follow. I mean, okay. You just, you did all the things that they're going to tear you apart for writing later. Like your melody didn't vary from, from the chord progression, mm. uh, you got nothing to grab onto. So now, what I've started doing uh, uh, in the last four or five years is uh, I look at it like fishing. Like th- throw a line in. If I even throw, it's sometimes it's out overnight. Like when I'll get up in the middle of the night and do it, I just got a line that's on the back of the houseboat, and I feel it tug and I go grab it. And if it's a good one, I keep it. And if it's not, Erase it. Okay. From voice memos and don't ever develop it. So writing actively is sort of uh, the opposite of, uh, you know, um, spontaneity. Yeah. Like, hey, man, if if there's an itch, scratch it right then. And whatever, get get a bar down, write a a verse, 
Yeah, you're just you get too tethered when you, when you write with an instrument. I, I found that you get too tethered to the instrument. Sure, you're gonna try naturally gravitate to the lyrics you're writing or the melodies you're writing. They're supposed to complement it, just kind of being tethered to it. Mm-hmm. And so. When you don't know what the key is, you don't know what the chords are, because all you got is squishy, 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 I don't know what those chords are at first. I don't know until later I go out and try to, okay, yeah, squishy, squishy is B flat to G minor to E flat. Turns out. Turns out. But if you do it the other way, you don't have as much creativity, I don't think, because you've already dictated. Kansas what? nice, coming your way. Right, 100%. Oh, that's good, man. Fuck yeah. That. So, um, yeah, I, I find that your your uh, your melodies are less tethered to the to the chords. I find that you just have a lot more freedom. More than spontaneity, it's just uh, it's just the the freedom to uh, to create and to make sure that you're you're getting things from the intrinsic or from the, the Wi-Fi, you know, right. I call it versus I'm just going to sit down. I'm going to write this song. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I love you. My love's true. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, you just, you wait and see what comes to you. Cause there are people, I don't know if it's people or spirits or whatever it is, but they're all over out there and they're trying to get songs to you. Sure. And, and all you got to do is listen. That's all you got to do is be ready to receive them. I like it. And then when you do, those tend to be better anyway than the ones you could have made up. Sure, so. sure. So that's my that's my cool take man. On, Very on cool, our... fresh. I love it. Um, but getting back to something else by the Kinks, nineteen sixty seven, fifth of twenty four records for them, thirteen tracks, thirty six minutes. I had no idea that they had put out so many. And then so you hear Lola. Uh, if I'm remembering correctly, Not in this one. no, no, no. But oh. first, yeah, that's what I heard. You're first. like, what is that? That's my first, yeah. And then you went to the one. Remind me of of the the chronology oh, the sequence. Oh my of, god! For you, just your discovery and how this wound up being a special record for you. The first time I heard Lola, it was just it was life changing because mm. it's just it's a perfect song. It's one of those perfect songs, um, and. So, uh, but again, that's 1980, you know, that's, that's eighth grade. And so, you know, all that stuff you're going through at the time, it was so important to me because, you know, we'd moved again. I'm in a different city in Chicago, don't know anybody. And I, those are my friends, you know, cool. were the kinks and yeah. I picked a good one with, with Ray. But, um, then it was, God, it was years later though, before I appreciated something else specifically. Okay. Um, and I mean, probably 15 years ago. So you're talking about fast forward 25 years wow. from the initial one um, to this one, um, which is David Watts was on the live album. And that would have been it. They didn't do Waterloo Sunset because that is only a British hit. That's when they weren't being played over here. Interesting. And so um, uh, that didn't make that live album because that was very much an Americanized album. It was to to get them catapulted over here. Huh. Um David Watts is on it though, so I knew that one from early on. But this is this is to me a perfect album. Nice. I mean, did you have a chance to listen? No, I, a, a scan. Okay. I'm not a mindful, distraction-free. Um, but they've always, you know, been a 
a sound, a flavor that I grab, you know, like, Ooh, I like that, you know? Um, yeah. and for the longest time I didn't know anything but Lola. Uh, and then it's like, Oh shoot, man. Like they've, they've put in the 10,000 hours to, you know, as, as the saying goes yeah. to be like, wow. Oh, that is much more than a feel good pan flash. Yeah. So right off the bat, you know, Dave slashes that album or slashes the uh, the green uh, amps uh, speaker cone, and then they record, you know, nah, 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 yeah, and heavy metal template is born, you know, effectively, you know, because you think about that in terms of I want to hold your hand, the other stuff that was coming out, sixty four, um, you know, fine song, but I mean, pretty pop, pretty, you know, milk toast, that's pretty heavy. I mean, you know, you got, nah, 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 nah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, where did that come from? Such a life changer. But that wasn't where they stuck. They they did that for a couple of years and you kind of, you'd have the, I mean, God, all day and all the night's pretty similar. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a great little permutation of that song mm-hmm. and a different one. And some people didn't like it better, but certainly very similar to that. But then they, they're, they're kicked out of America. They can't come back over here because they got in too many fights when they were on their tour in 66. Really? And they literally can't. They're banned from America for three wow. years. Wow. This is why the Kinks are not as big as the Who and the Stones. And, Interesting. Yeah, they, they lost that critical time. But um, he's over there, and, he's, and Ray Davies is just super introspective. And he's this guy. Well, everyone else is like kind of punking out, you know, and being like just kind of crazy. And uh, he, he's writing these songs about two sisters about you know just this one sister's life feels so meaningless because she can't go out and party like her younger sister she's got kids to take care of and then she turns around the bridge perfectly turns it around and she's like oh you know what i'm pretty happy with that <laughs> i've got i've got kids who will love me you know yeah. who are going to respect me later even if they don't right now right and my sister's got parties to remember or whatever but it's a it's a more you know i don't know it's whatever you want but yeah. it's a meaningful existence yes that 24 year old kid writing about you know two sisters always what i love about him too is always so respectful to women he loved his sisters in real life Mm. and in a world where we're learning more and more about all the disappointing things that our favorites did with underage women i think he might be the only one who who uh was just above that who just always really had a lot of respect for women need to see see some id (laughs) right Right or come back in six months. <laughs> no, he was just more like all back in his room, you know, writing sure. more, right? And, you know, right. missing England and missing home. Huh. And, um, so who are they? Uh, who are they scrapping with? Just oh, each other. The, the intra fighting uh, gets them banned from the country. Uh, Might have been. I mean, they had some altercations too with people who were, you know, roadies, etc., that were on the road. But their most famous fight is, yeah, is uh, Mick Avery. Getting sick of uh, Dave Davies hitting his symbol with his oh boy, head, taking it off and whipping it Holy in his head, sh- hitting him in the cranium, which requires him he's bleeding profusely I'm as a head wound sure. will do. Yeah, and he has to go to the hospital. And uh, Avery runs, gets in a, a cabin, takes off, and thinks he's killed him. Oh shit! And when they catch him, he's like, "I killed Dave, didn't I?" And he's like, "Well, no, he's gonna live, but you know, maybe don't throw symbols at his head anymore." But they're just crazy. Wow! I mean, just okay, insane. Well, crazy may be the perfect uh, stepping stone to going from sixty-seven to seventy with oh, Madcap laughs. Madcap. Two solo records total from him, both in the same year. Yeah, and then, and then gone. Wild. Yeah, just unplugged. 
So scary. Um, I, you know, talking about looking at the lists of others. Mm-hmm. I got a little ways in, and I was like, "God, is every other guest going to have a Wilco record?" Like, you know, and, and so, and then it, it kind of tapered, and somebody else, you know, replaced it. And so, I, I don't have, I'm not keeping stats, mm-hmm. but it's fascinating when, uh, oh, I never expected this person to, you know, uh, uh, this artist to be on several different lists mm-hmm. or or people from different walks of life, um, and then, you know. Episode ninety six now, uh, first Sid Barrett record. 96. Oh, it's the first yeah. one. Wow. Yeah. So I'm always like, whoa, that's fresh. It doesn't get any fresher than that. Um, so we've that's talked a little bit about Sid, but bummer. please tell me what it is about this one in particular. So um, with Sid in general, um, Sid never fit. Um, mm. he never, um, he played live for a couple of years doing the, you know, the early mid sixties R and B covers that, you know, every, really? every, our, every, every British band was doing that back then. That was how you got in. You played R and B covers. Yeah. They'd change him a little bit and make him a little bit. You could tell Sid's flavor was coming through, but he's doing that languishing, you know, playing parties, but not anything to write home about, you know, with all that competition they would have had in that realm and then you start splitting off and just you're, you're starting to see the weirdness come through mm. like all the of of bike you know is starting to peek its head through i'm just gonna say my ultimate uh undethronable forever forever favorite is fish fish yeah okay and uh they've had pockets of time where they do like they they hired you know, someone to teach them to do barbershop quartet style. And they're, really? you know, if you listen to them, a lot of people are like, God, they can't sing worth a shit. But when they come and do uh, a number like that, it's professional and they're good at it. Wow. A gimmick that has lived with them for many, many, many of their years is the drummer plays vacuum solos, like an old school Electrolux uh, and he turns it on and into the running hose. Really? And it's always so they'll when that's going to happen. They bring him to the stage to Argent's "Hold Your Head Up." Nice. Because he hates that song with every fiber in his soul. Fair. And it's just a quick. I mean. Yeah. And so then he'll come up, and for a while, he had a collection five or six songs like honey love ya old timey oh, honey love you honey bunny sunny little yeah sweet adeline from the 1920 which is my daughter that's my daughter's name um and now uh he can only remember one so anytime he comes you know you know what song it's going to be and it's bike it is bike. I've got a bike. You can ride it if you like. It's got I mean, a basket, a bell that rings. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Like that's the only he that's the only one he remembers all the words to. So Wow. Yeah. Well, and that's just mm, it was starting to peak with the uh, by sixty six, they're starting to have some weirdness sink into the bluesy the R and B bluesy songs they're writing, you know, like Leave Lucy Leave. Mm. Leave 
leave when I tell you to leave now, Lucy. I mean, just you're starting to see the personality peek through. It's like they're, they're no longer trying to be imitate, you know, these. And that's the name came from two blues artists, Pink something and Floyd something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Were touring together. Yeah. That's okay. They were just they were honoring blues people. And they're like, well, you know what? I'm I'm pretty weird. I don't think like everybody else. Now that I'm writing, that's starting to peek through and you start to see it. And then it comes out hardcore with bike and see Emily play mm -hmm. and the early things that just uh, um, that blow your mind. Arnold Lane. Yeah, Arnold Lane. What? Had What's a strange hobby. He was stealing women's clothes, which was <laughs> very, for back then, again, just crazy. Um, then Sid, um, it, it, we all have, I think a lot of us have opinions on what happened to Sid because Sid was on top of the world. I mean, everybody recognized the genius of they loved see Emily play and, and the album kicked butt too in 67 was... I think superior to Sergeant Pepper's, but Piper, uh, Piper, the Piper, yeah, yeah. Done. yeah, just a fantastic. When you listen to what's happening, nothing like that was happening. Mm -mm. Um, uh, just the sounds and the cuckoo, cuckoo, like what? Who? How was that in somebody's head to do that instead of doing what everybody else was doing? Doop, <laughs> yeah, doop. Do Doo-wop or just guitar leads or whatever. Whatever that, that you just did is not doo-wop. <laughs> no, not at all. It's not. It was just so freaking weird. So um, what I love about Madcap Laughs is I think it's I think it's his best individual, like his, his on his own record. I love Barrett, though, too. There's only two. Yeah, They're yeah. both really good. I just had, I picked one. Sure, sure. Um, this was first and encapsulates the work he was doing from 68, 69, uh, and then where Barrett was more 69-7. Okay, so, okay. Chronologically. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, there's there's nothing like this. And I don't think there has been anybody like that since. No. That's, that's gone at least that popular. So that was, the, that was the impetus for Easter eggs was just try to tap into, again, I call it the Wi-Fi. It's the stuff that's out there. People try and talk to you. And I'm like, all, I didn't seance or anything, but I'm just like, all, I'm getting into an intention of hearing what Sid would write if he was going to write. Um, and I got a little dark during that time too. Um, there were certainly some depressive times, but I think what I did worked. And I think it is, I think when you hear it, you'd go, doesn't sound like this, but I mean, it sounds like if somebody that strange and that unorthodox was writing now, that might be what it's. It's a like. very cool concept to ponder and to, to, I mean, to tackle it is a whole other thing but very cool very cool well, it, it may suck when you hear it but it was it was cool it was fun to to do so well from uh we say in 70 uh and we go from you know literally left field or, or yeah. figuratively left field to what has occasionally probably more often than occasionally been called uh hmm. the best live rock recording of all time live at leads the who mm-hmm um, why do you suppose that is, and why is it a favorite of yours? God, I hope my dad's not, never listens. Um, so, still when I play, it's, I can't, I, once I saw Pete Townsend, it's just like all, you know, the whole yeah. thing and just yeah. like all the, just messing with the knobs and stuff. I'm like, I know I want to play guitar. Now I know how I want to play guitar. And so I don't want to be Jimi Hendrix. Right. I don't, I don't want to be anybody else. I want to be Pete Townsend. Um, just so much power in it. Plus, <laughs> um, first time I took LSD, mm -hmm. 
Um, I was listening to this, and, okay. and so my generation had just ended the long version of that. Uh huh. Fourteen and, plus, right? Mm-hmm. And Magic Bus. Oh man, was right when it hit. <laughs> Magic Bus came on, and that's what I think. Solid. I already loved it. I mean, Boombox, nineteen eighty-one. You know, punk high school kid walking around playing live at Leeds. But after that summer, when I tried that and mind expanded, uh huh. Um, Magic Bus, and yeah, it's just. That's hilarious. That's why it's in my pantheon. I think uh, in a Columbia House, whatever the other one was, I can't remember, you know, 12 for a penny. Yeah. Uh, I, I threw, trying to, you know, hit the number, a copy of Greatest Hits. Um, and I, they are like, they're huddled with the British flag wrapped around them on the, oh, okay. you're I talking, think. Yeah, you're talking about, uh, that was... Uh... Oh yeah, I, well, I had that record. But it had Pinball Wizard. I was like, "What the? F- yeah. Why? I don't. We're actually singing about." And then Magic Bus, and I'm like, "This song like needs drugs in it." I mean, it's got all the set. It's set for, but I mean, and what what that actually meant was like I should have drugs in me to get on the same page. So that's yeah. funny that you that that's your experience. Are you experienced? Right, right. <laughs> but but let's 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 it's time to to point out something that Jimi Hendrix said when he wrote that song Experience too. He's not necessarily stoned, but beautiful. Mm. And and that's that's very important cuz you can listen to Easter eggs. I got a lot of friends who don't take any, don't use any substances. And you know what? If you can get into that state where you're meditative, where you're meta, go for it. Right? Um, cuz you'll be able to hear it the exact same, but Sometimes it's uh, the doors and the wall, as Huxley would have said, are helpful. Right. Um, Well, if if we stick in the vein of live records, uh, we'll move ahead to 1978 with If You Want Blood, You've Got It. Oh, God. ACDC, 10 tracks, 52 minutes. A lot of praise for this one, too. Um, And, you know, before we discuss, I mean, are, are you a person that has put in a few hours with studio ACDC or, um, yeah. or was this a one-off or no early okay. ACDC a hundred percent. Okay. And same time, uh, early punk, uh, in high school listening to, uh, mostly British stuff, but, um, well, other Australian, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, not the way you think about British though, but, um, right. who didn't love ACDC back then? Man. Nobody rocked harder than the Bon Scott ACDC. So I had Powerage. I had, um, let there be rock. Dirty Deeds sucked, but it, oh, Dirty blasphemy! The album? The blasphemy! Album? It wasn't as good as the other ones, I don't think. And then it has it has uh, my all time favorite ACDC song. Right? Oh no! And which one is that? Right on. Okay, and that's a great one. I love that too. Yeah, but again, album. You know, I mean, album wise, big balls. I was like, what? You? I mean, I'm young. When you're a kid, I'm you like, love you that. Can't. Oh yeah, he said balls. Dirt and then Dirty Deeds. Like, are we talking about Dirty. like paying a dude to murder people? You know, mm-hmm. and what cheating spouses and. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's crazy to my seventh grade mind or whatever it was. Oh, God. And you must have been catching it way late, too, because I, I actually, um, when uh, 79 was when Highway to Hell came out, mm. 90% sure. And uh, uh, that was their last one with, with Bon. Okay. Bon Scott. So it was, I was coming of age in music when that was still there. Yeah. And I got it. I'm like, no one's rocking harder than Highway to Hell. Dude. 
have you have you heard this one? You ever heard this album? Yeah. Okay. It's been a while, but okay. yes. If I'm wrong, please come back to me and show me the one that rocks harder. But I think this was the highest evolution of the rock idiom. Okay. Um, and I mean, but but rock idiom, I mean true rock and roll. Yeah. If you're taking the just the Chuck Berry basics. Yeah. Of rock and roll. I don't think rock and roll ever got any higher. And don't talk about Metallica because that's not that's not the rock idiom. Sorry, it's just not. I, but um, there's, I'm with you. I'm okay. with you. The rock and roll in its original permutation never rocked harder than that album. I love it. I love it. And I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the image that is in front of you is, I believe, the back it cover was. art. But regardless, both images are on the front he's got the guitar yes. thing through his gut right? yeah, yeah pierce i mean yeah, jimmy christmas um to that end um i'll say uh and, and uh, you know you mentioned the heyday of mtv and video and these sorts of things earlier um but in my journey digesting the acdc catalog um it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll you know it's like i hear the bagpipes and i'm like cool nobody's doing that next and then years later i'm not even like giving acdc any attention or energy Mm -hmm. anymore and I, i come across that video and they're on the, this the flatbed or the back of this truck yeah. that's like maybe part of a parade or something. Yeah. And they are shredding. And I'm like, oh, my God. I didn't realize that that was happening in the song. I was just like, cool, bagpipes. Yeah, also, no. the, it's a long way. That, yeah, I get it. I get the message. And then it was like, oh, man. These dudes are legit. They worked hard. Yeah. And God bless uh, Brian Jones, who came on and did the, or Brian Johnson. Johnson, yeah. Did as, as well as you could possibly do to try to replace him. You can't replace Bon Scott. I know. You can't. I know. There's no way uh, live or with just the voice or any of it. Um, it does come across a little more, I think, muffled when when Brian was doing it. Again, you, didn't have, you had no other choice. Yeah. That or stop. Yeah. But, but Angus always... <clears throat> always work so darn hard yep. to make it and, and Malcolm too man Our, Malcolm, Angus yeah. uh, was able to walk uh, out on some ledges because he had Malcolm back holding down the that's right R.I.P. in peace to Malcolm I mean yeah you know, gone too soon yeah but, for sure um, and uh, then we take a huge leap to 2016 yeah fantastic Negrito the last days of Oakland which oh, I mean such a the curveball of all curveballs considering that we went uh uh kinks barrett who acdc and then all of a sudden it's like bam i was like british old british old british old british yeah right well uh three of seven 15 tracks 50 minutes xavier amin de frepolez uh and he's the eighth of 15 children which holy smokes that's bananas but um, Did you know his story, though? He was a rapper initially. I think I saw that. 20 years Maybe. ago. Um, was in a car accident, um, was doing his whole thing and becoming a rapper and getting really fed up with it because they were trying to pigeonhole how he was rapping. Mm. And if you had a chance to listen to this, this just rocks. Dude. This is just a great rock and roll soul uh, this record. package, this collection of songs, the artwork, the artist 
you can't be hard if you're if you're hard i'm hard on albums guys guy there's no room oh, for you to be there's hard no, on. there's no error in this it, record yeah amen so so then yeah. we've got hey it's still a it's still a valuable uh means. Oh, medium yes oh al- yes. album writing yes 100 percent, bro okay. Okay. it's just that nobody's writing good ones yeah <laughs> 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 uh. It's like just just write singles, dudes. If if you got a couple of good songs, do it. But don't throw that that backwash in there. I don't need the other stuff. You know. You just walked up behind Kansas Nice and thumped it on the back of the skull. A little bit, but I'm being vague enough to where I'm not picking on anybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's really good stuff. Um, so I wanted to touch on pop and Easter eggs and uh, stuff that you're working on now. Uh, whatever we accidentally have glossed over with regard to those two releases, mm-hmm. and then and then the critter stuff as well. If you, I mean, wherever you want to yeah, take yeah, us with okay, that. Okay, well, thank you for uh, for asking on that. Um, I've got two more before that under Sean M. Stewart, which started in right when I started to try to get serious about writing and making it be catchy. Um, the first record or the first release. Um, would have been in 2019. Okay. Um, and I don't radio. It was called radio. Um, that was Americana. Okay. Yeah. yeah it is or is not on your SoundCloud. It, it's on there. Okay. Uh, so the weird part about SoundCloud is it's hard to get the albums. I mean, mostly it's just songs on SoundCloud. Right. Okay. So if you want to check that, I would probably recommend Spotify. Okay. But Sean M. Stewart. And, um, and you do not have a band camp. Correct? I don't. Never have. No, and don't see value. Um, I've, I've understood. I mean, a lot of people I respect use it, and it, and it's it sounds good. It's a good way to to make sure that you're getting paid in full. Sure. For what you do, I I have. And maybe you pedal a little bit of merch while. Yeah, pedal some merch in there too. Um, I that's not it's not my goal at that level. Okay. And so I, that's why I've not cared about it. Um, sure. I, I don't care about playing live shows that much and, and selling merch. I care about writing the songs and getting them out there. Um, and if that means that they're only listening to one off son, but for the records, yeah, for the records, I would say probably go on to, on a, a Spotify, but okay. I had one in 2019 that was all Americana. It's pretty good. I, I think it's pretty good. I don't think there's too many holes in it. Uh, 2020, I wrote, uh, an album called, uh, 2020, the musical, oh, cool. uh, and it was all about 2020 stuff. Um, and, uh, was released by October that year. I mean, so, uh, I, it was funny cause I, two years later, I'd say, I got a new song coming out and it's from our time during the pandemic. And I'm going, Oh geez, dude, like kind of been over that for a year now, <laughs> but no, no judgment. We all do different. Right, yeah. But it's like, I've got a new song about the pandemic. Like, okay, whatever. But I had an album done by October about, you know, pandemic songs. And that one, um, that was, was pretty good too. Um, um, I, I think it's pretty good. Well, um, I mean, you, uh, you strike me as somebody that like, I'm not really that interested in putting this out there. If I don't feel like it's, Worst case, pretty good. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was again. I was throwing back the bad fish then. Still, so, so for the most a part, a valuable practice. It seems. I think so. I think so. At least if you're trying to get stuff published, you got to be able to not have too much attachment 
because if you find exactly you uh, but i wrote this what do i no give me a break <laughs> we can write a song on the way home tonight sure it, it may suck but um and we just gotta be ready to say i'm gonna let that one go but that one was was good and it was about that it, it definitely fit that uh that topic and that mood um good songs on there um and, and um but that one was very much for me so it wasn't that one wasn't necessarily written as a tell my story about being locked up and so i just tell my story about being locked cool. up so i'm not sure it has pop appeal but then pop which i wrote in 2021 um that's a good record um and that i was, love the confidence with which you say that uh, i really in my heart love oh, that well thanks it just it's it's <clears throat> a, it doesn't always have to be you know at 11 but it's important to have pride in your accomplishments Especially if you like them, yeah, you know. I just think I think it's it, 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 for me. It's as important to, to be objective about it, I think, as possible. Okay. Um, and so, um, I think we're, everybody views that kind of thing differently. Yeah. Though. Like yeah. what we assign value to, but pop was pop. I mean, pop is pop. I mean, it's just it's a pop record, and I had people, including the person I was with at the time, say, "You can't write anything. Doesn't sound like either John Lennon or Waylon Jennings." How are you going to write an album that's called Pop? And I'm like, oh. Watch me. A, that was a really, really uh, not as bad of a slam as you thought it was. Backhanded compliment. <laughs> it was, I'll take that compliment. Yeah. Really? Okay, good. Yeah, thanks, bro. Uh, Waylon and John. But um, but no, yes, I can. And I'm going to get there. And so I just, I've listened actively to uh, Billie Eilish and um, all the, Miley, I mean, Justin, the Beebs. Um, listened to that stuff for about six months and just immersed myself in it like I did with the Sid thing. It was an immersion Whoa, process. Cool. Yeah. To where I was just thinking in terms of, of pop. Um, and, and the other thing I, I, so I get my yayas and the reason I don't have to play live a lot or don't feel like I need to sell things or whatever, um, uh, is because, um, you know, I get a lot of plays from people who are following on, on some, but on top of that, pop is where. I heard from somebody who'd been I, I'd idolized for 30 years. Um, uh, Bob Walkenhorst reaches out um, weeks after pop released, and I did a live show promoting it and said, you know, I listened to that album. I meant the whole album. I'm like, why, why did Bob Walkenhorst listen to pop? You know, okay. I wouldn't have thought that would even be his. his... I listened to it. That's damn good production. He goes, and those are catchy songs. He goes, I wasn't expecting your you to sound like that from what he'd probably heard me maybe I don't know doing acoustics and how much correspondence have the two of you had prior to this before that yeah I mean I'd been to some shows but he wouldn't have known me no he uh, well one, one time his uh, <coughs> his wife was looking for some help from someone who needed a, a drum set who was a casa kid and I had an old drum set I get that was the one time that that he would have known me as anything but a fan but it was he picked up the drum set and he left and that was it but so i I never even is there contact info for you on your soundcloud how did he find you how did he no i mean we were friends because i mean i uh, facebook friends right okay i mean i I followed him gotcha and momo because i was trying to know the kansas city music people sure but i don't know what he posts he'd ever seen or whatever but with pop he likes pop wow and that was just an unlikely thing 
I'm like, can I use some of what you're writing and put in a little sticker for my record? I don't think it's on yours, but then I put a little sticker with Bob's quotes on there. And I'm like, oh, that kind of carries some weight. You know, he's the godfather, I think, of, you know, nobody else was doing what he was doing at that time, the 80s and stuff like that. And he's still writing great stuff. But um, so between what I'm getting right now um, with uh, with strange people somewhere in the world listening to what I'm doing and <laughs> and, and Bob having liked my last two production wise and uh, writing wise, even though they're in his words, he goes, what, what does he call it? He says, uh, he says, you know, you're avant garde. He goes, that's usually not my thing. He goes, but, um, but he goes, he likes what I do. He goes, it, it's always catchy. It's always great production. And he liked my production enough to ask me to help him give him honest feedback on his production. Hey, and that was weird. I mean, somebody you idolized for years and years and considers to be a top, because I'm, I, I kept like equivocating. I'd be like, oh, okay, well, so on this one, he, just say it. I'd be like, okay, well, on this one, I'm getting a little bit of pop right here if I listen to it in my Prius at a high enough level. So, you know, believe me, there wasn't much to change in Bob's Bob's good. But a couple things that I caught, he appreciated. But that pop was the first one where I realized he liked it. That's great. And then... Fast forward to Easter eggs. He listened again. I never sent it to him. I never That's said, hey, would you please listen? Even better, right? Did it again. And psych music's not his thing. Again, he calls it avant-garde. But I mean, he likes it. And so at this point, I'm just like a kid in a candy shop. I'm like, oh, what do I care? I'm getting 300 listens a week to whatever bullshit I put out there. And you know what? Bob Walkenhorst likes my hey. records. So hey. so I'm I'm happy. You know, it's like whatever else happens, it happens. But and and the critter stuff uh, that, that you're working on right now, um, talk to me a little bit about that, if you would, please. So critters is um, ah God, I'm so bad at these uh, categorizations, but um, it was originally supposed to be like a pop punk band. Mm. If I call it pop punk now, Don Don, who's a real punker, does not appreciate it. So mm. I don't think it really is punk. It's um it's glam rock. Okay, got, let's let's just say glam rock. It's glam rock. Um, it's all catchy. It's all um, the songs that we're doing. Um, if, if if you listen to them once, you'll know them tomorrow. <laughs> nice. Uh, and so that that's going to be our critters calling card. I think we're going to try to keep it to. And and our, uh, you know, near the tail end of our correspondence, he said something about, uh, oh, I've I've got it. We've got a something about a vocal need there was a like an area of that was needing some energy or attention at the moment that we were swapping those messages but i can't recall the details oh, i'd forgotten uh, so we uh we've moved on we had a, a vocalist somebody who was different um and just it wasn't going oh i'm gonna give you the kansas nice answer right now <laughs> yeah. we went in different directions full circle baby <laughs> yeah full circle baby that's hilarious so um um so that was what i meant so now the uh three of us instrumentalists uh well drummers drummers are instrumentalists too the three of us who don't play drums are now <laughs> picking up the parts that that missed used to sing and we're uh, incorporating that we're getting better um we're a little replacement sish live okay a little uh exciting but cool. maybe, maybe a little sloppy edge hey whatever um, but um, it's fun so I think earlier you said uh, when if you're recording stuff, 
uh, you're you're recording the stuff. Like you have the means and the knowledge to do that. So if you're working on material with other folks, and like in this case, are, are they coming to you? Yeah, coming to your spot. Uh, they are now. Um, okay. So far, we've had Patrick do um, all of the. Because he started out doing it again, Easter eggs was my first foray into doing all self-produced, and so because he had started our first releases, were that's already, this year. That's this, so it's yeah, fresh, 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 fresh. Okay. So because he'd already done two of our songs before that for the continuity, I'm going to have Patrick still. Um, I'll mix them, but I'm going to have him master um, wow. and toy with um, uh, all of the critters things to keep it again continuity. Um, mm-hmm. but after that album, I do plan to, and on my future stuff, I plan to, to go self-produced. So cool. So, so uh, for the unknowledgeable in that world, i.e. me, mm-hmm. um, mixing is fill in the blank, but mastering is fill in the blank. Yes. Um, okay. So with the mix, uh, have you ever played with garage band at all? Uh, waves and potting up and down like soundboard style Messing with it okay so your your mix is going to be just uh uh what channel how loud you know like uh is the guitar how good is the rhythm guitar coming through you know at the level i want it what channels it in that kind of stuff is yes it balanced right and then the uh the master is and this is this honestly can be the hardest part um is getting it to sound full it's, it's a compression issue for the most part okay how are you no what are you what are you doing what's your mastering process <laughs> i mean i i record the audio in reaper oh, i don't know reaper uh, and then uh and then i pull uh i render it okay. to wave okay. and then i pull the sd cards out of the and then i dump everything into uh davinci resolve okay i'm not familiar with and, that and then i render uh you, there's a whole bunch of options so I, I render a wave for audio mm-hmm. and then i render uh mp4 for the video portion and those are the you know the two until i'm uh, eventually i'll come back and, and i'll uh re-render to mp3 okay um so i don't know if i answered your question yeah but i mean so when when you're doing um, later, if my vocals are coming off softer than yours, you're going to change it, right? Or do you just leave it? It's just... It is what it is? Yeah. Okay, so you're just doing like a live... Yeah. I don't, I don't know podcast world that well. So, okay, interesting. I don't either. So you're not mixing... I'm not even kidding. 96, bro? Well, I know this spot, this bad. little nook of not it bad. well. Well, you're doing it. Um, but um, so you don't know either then you're not doing them right now, but th- that would be the difference between a mix and a master. The master is just that thing that if you hear someone give you like a garage type tape, and this is what I was doing even just like six, seven years ago, it just sounds so thin and just so yeah weak. Two dimensional or one dimensional. Okay. And Interesting. You got it mastered. It just booms. Cool. It's just, it's just there. Cool. It's kind of like that, you know, when it's done. Like you know oh, when it's done, oh, yeah. There it is. How do you right know when there. the album was done, Bob? It's safe. Well, it's safe. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's done because that was the song that capped it. Um, so you have uh, not only a collection of instruments because you decided to learn how to play them all, but you got like gear, gear too. Yeah, I try not to have any more than I have to. But right. A lot of guitars, and uh, I don't know. This is interesting. Do you play? Eh, no. Gu- guitar? Though? I have. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So, um, one of the things that. Um, I did. 
again, I'm surprised anybody liked it and affirmed it and said, wow, you're actually a pretty good producer. Cause I, I was just trying to be cheap with the Easter eggs album. I didn't want to spend all that money, but to have had that affirmed then was cool. And all I really did was it's so layered. Mm. I mean, there are, and some of them, there are over 80 tracks to an Easter eggs to, to each of the tracks. I mean, there's like over 80 different things that were recorded that are scattered in there. Now, some wow. are just like a hidden message here and there. Sure. But I mean, there's a lot. Um, now when I record guitar, um, I'll play the regular guitar part um, and, you know, rhythm, maybe lead or whatever. But off my rhythm part, I'll play it with a regular six string. Then I'll play it on my baritone guitar, Ooh, which okay. takes it down a step and mirror that. Just 100% mirror what I just did. Just, so it's just oomph. It's just oomph. Um, and then a lot of times in the chorus, I'll throw in a third guitar, which is called a Nashville tuned guitar. Mm -hmm. Familiar at all? Ish, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. And that's just a bunch of high strings put on uh, my Mustang. Um, and it's just, it's it sounds different. It sounds like you're playing it like way up here, but it's it's the way it chords out is a lot different too. Wow. So, um, by a chorus, I'll usually build that up. There's just a lot to what I'm doing now with uh, that kind of that kind of depth. And okay. I think it shows in that way. And on my new, new stuff that I'm doing, some critter stuff, I'm doubling bass now too. I got a five-string bass that I'm dropping now below my four-string parts, Whoa. and I'm doubling the bass. Um, so that that's just more oomphy as well. So. Yeah. So there's two same notes, two instruments, um, giving it velvet. Uh, same, same notes. Not same uh, octaves though. Um, so I'm playing, oh, wow. playing the, they're different parts. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's the same parts, but it's like in different octaves. And um, that's just, awesome. Um, but I, I think it's kind of cool. Um, and of course, then the ba the vocals. There's a lot of does over that. You know, thing. if you're if you're playing the same chords on a piano mm -hmm. in in different keys. Different keys. Uh, yeah, like if whatever. You're playing the same exact thing, but down here on mm -hmm. this hand mm -hmm. and down here, and you, they sound the same. Is it a can you're saying? Yes. You asking, yes. Yes. Yeah, it is. Okay. It'd be like, it'd be, no, it's not. Because, um, and I'm not good enough at piano to give you the perfect uh, metaphor for this, but um, uh, it, it's different voicings of the chords. Oh, okay. okay. Like the way that they're strong, it's going to be different. You're not playing the exact same thing. Okay. It's not okay. the same six sequential notes. Okay. And so that's what makes it even really, you know, a lot cooler. Wow. Well, I'm going to send you um, for your kids to share with Squishy Squishy. Okay. <laughs> and Squishy Squishy's got double bass. It's got triple guitar. It's got all those ones I just told you about. And tell me if you can hear it. But I mean, okay. it's just uh, by the second chorus, the, the Nashville guitar comes in. Oh, fun. And then you got nice. the higher... Um, yeah, let me know if you if you hear okay what I'm putting all this effort into. Okay. <laughs> if not, the average person's like, yeah, if you're not, then keep, go fuck yourself. You go know, fuck but. yourself. But no, if you're not, that's cool. If you just think it's catchy and just oh, he played a guitar. That's all I know. Um, that's cool. So, I've got a few questions I'd like to lob your way yeah, before yeah. we wrap and get you out of here. Sounds good. But I've been fooling myself and thinking I was going to make it to the end without having to hit the washroom one more time. Go for so it. So I'm gonna. Um, before we get into this last little piece, um, we've touched on songwriting. We've touched on recording. LSD. We've 
We've touched on gigging in at least that it's uh, vampire booking. Yeah, I don't do a lot of it. Um, but what we haven't touched on, I don't think, is uh, if you book a gig, you got to, one would think you got to rehearse. So uh, what does that look like for for critters? Um, we don't, uh, again, we're pretty replacements-ish. Okay. And so uh, we don't overdo it. Okay. Um, it, it's uh, it's as the critters are three part harmonies too. I forgot to mention that part. So we're we're this glam rock, almost borderline of pop punk, with people singing three part harmonies. So I think it's got its own little niche. And if it doesn't from that, it probably does from the makeup and from the okay you know, being critters. But um, so we got that going on. Um, we practice once a week. Okay. Um, gig or no gig. Once a Keep week, you're no getting get, together. We just enjoy each other. We just cool. hang out. We've kind of become friends. Um, cool. And we get together and just talk and usually get a couple songs in as well. Nice. But we're not at all Nazi about it. Okay. Um, Perfect. So, yeah. Um, so this last little segment uh, I call Five Funny Finishers. It's just a cool. co- couple goofy questions. Cool. Um, so if you've made, uh, I'm imagining, we're imagining your bucket list. And it's got however many things it's got on it. But your top three is a two, a true top three. And one day you're given all the resources to accomplish those top three things on your bucket list. What's happening first? You're just asking generally, not music, right? Right. Okay. Um, so I've, uh, I've worked for 11 years now with the houseless population here in town. And um, uh, I, it's my, I've got a program that, uh, that I want to get incorporated for, for vets um, that uh, walks them through a deprogramming ceremony after having been commissioned to, uh, let's be honest, they've been really well commissioned to be killing machines if needed. Um, I'm not, that's not, not a dog. It's not, I mean, what we do works really well. We're a good military. But it comes at a cost, and it's a human cost. So they're paying that cost for coming back without assimilation skills. Uh, once you've said you're a killer, now you're going to work at a shoe stop, shoe store. Now you're going to work at a you know at a grocery store. Okay, well, but I'm a killer. That's what I'm trained to do. So the thing that I'm most passionate about right now is um, is getting this rolled out to where starting at VAs, but then adopted by the actual military to where everybody's doing these services and, and you were in the, were you in the military? I was not. I'm going to pretend like you were Blair, you know, thank you so much for your service to your country. You know, we know you went through some harrowing things and, you know, and we know you were, you were trained that you had to kill, you know, and that kind of stuff. And, and that served you well when you were in the military and you served us well. Thank you for your time. Um, we're setting up a demarcation now after which you're a civilian, this service where your friends have gathered and I'm, leading you through it is the point after which you will say, I'm no longer that I'm now ready to come back and be a son, a father. It's based on things that uh, were happening with Shinto uh, Buddhists in Japan. And they did so much better than did our soldiers um, after their traumas and their training uh, because they were uh, reintroduced in society in that way, in a ceremony. Cool. Bam, here's your moment where you just say, I'm moving on. We need that for our soldiers, or we're going to keep having them, you know, be disproportionately represented with the people we're serving at the warming shelter. So 
Wow. That's my number 11 one. 11 years? Uh, yeah, so far, 11 years. I mean, absolute. Uh, that is impressive. Um, but when and, you get old like me, at some point you're gonna um, you're gonna have a point where you you go, what's my life? What am I really doing? You know, what's what's my, what's my legacy? What's my life really been about? And about you know, eleven years ago, I had an epiphany, and it just kind of like I'm gonna simplify my life to where I can do things I want to do, but also do things that that make the world better. And cool, man. Carry on for our next generation. I'm I'm gonna poke one particular piece of that whole thing, and if it's none it. of my business, feel go free to say so. Yeah. Uh, but you did a thing that I, as memory serves, uh, I don't think I've ever heard anybody do before, and that's to use houseless. Um, and I wondered if it would be okay to ask you to speak to the distinction between yeah. the two. It's bullshit. Um, I, I, I use house. Nobody, very few, let me not say that, very few people, I'm, I'm on a committee with Kansas City um, to end functional homelessness. Wow. Um, and... Uh, in those circles, nobody says houseless. If I'm being honest with you, okay, okay. no, okay, no, we all—they all say homeless. you weren't kidding when you said it's bullshit. No, it's complete bullshit. Okay, it, it, it's just—it's it, not complete bullshit. It's—it's it's for me to to not seem like I'm insensitive or, you know, like because I, when you use those words, somebody can say, "Well, you just said," and they have. You just said homeless, so I wouldn't pick you to write this article, or you just said this. And oh, like, like really? Why? Well, I have at that point, I have ten years experience. You wouldn't pick me. It's like you know, oh, well, no, the the verbiage you're using is. Wrong. I totally was expecting there to be like a from moving from this day forward. I too, but it's a cancel culture ish sort of PC kind of thing. Okay, and and, I, and to a, to a degree, I don't want to go down that road because I. I have a lot of appreciation for that. And it's why I take the time to actually use those terms to not to not offend. Okay. Okay. I, I have appreciation Fair. for it, and can't, some cancel culture needed to happen because for years and years and years, old white rich men didn't do a very good job and had no accountability. Right. And you know what? We need some of that. Yeah. So I'm good with that. But you asked me a direct question. I gave you a direct answer. Um, what we use when we're talking to each other. What, what I use. What my friends who are houseless use is homeless. They don't say houseless. Okay. Okay. Um, and so, I mean, but I can see, you know, a house is a, is a structure. A home is a, yeah. a thing that you feel. And in that's your the well-intentioned you know? meaning behind, you know, the, the, again, you use the word PC behind the term that they want us to use with that, you know, culturally is just so that we don't say you have no home. Right. Cause your home can be right. at the library where you're staying during the day before you go to the, to the center, I guess. No, it's probably not, but um fair. I see the logic there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um <clears throat> you get to have lunch with anyone dead or alive of your choosing who and why. Um <clears throat> is there even anybody? Um Um I I, I would meet Sid just to Okay. Uh, I'd meet Sid cool. just, I guess, to, for the lark. I mean, I'm sure I'd be disappointed. I mean, I'm sure he'd be, he wouldn't want to talk about the old days. And, you know, he was very much in his own world by the end. I'm sure I would come away hugely disappointed from it. But, yeah, it, I mean, it would be cool yeah, to kind of sure. be like, what were you thinking? <laughs> so, I mean, that when the nicest, in most the respectful nicest way possible. Yeah. How did you think of that? Yeah. Uh, you are given the ability to visit your past self 
at any age of your choosing? What age are you choosing and what are you saying? These are great questions. Um, yeah, it's just thought of something similar. This my wife and I were talking about this. Um, I, I had I had the idea two months ago. It just came to me one night when I was stoned. <laughs> um, Here I'm in like, the legal state of Missouri, where it's legal, and I'm like, honey, and she's like, yeah, and I'm like, oh, what if we could go back to 1979? Okay, I'm 13, you're 10, and she's like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, what if we could go back there? But what if you were given a choice? You could either go back to 1979 at the age you were and be that again with what you know now, or you go back to 1979 as a 50-year-old and just, I guess, live out your last days in a time that's a little less fraught. Oh, wow. Um, Two left turns. <laughs> so you have you have a couple of choices. So it's similar to what you were saying, though, right? It did make me think about that some. Regrets aren't helpful. And so, you know, obviously, um, oh God, what age? I'd go back to being 33 and I wouldn't remarry the person that I remarried after my, uh, my marriage to the kid's mother came to an end because that I think was damaging to them. So you married the same person twice? Am I understanding that correctly? No, I'm sorry, okay. I didn't say okay. that very clearly. I, uh, okay. After uh, my 13-year marriage to the kid's mother ended, I too quickly, too rapidly hopped into. So I'd go back to my 30, I think I was 32 at the time, your old self, and I'd say, or 33, and I'd say, well, easy. Let's take a breather. Let's real take quick. a breather. Let's not okay. get married again right away. Damaging cause... to them, meaning the kids? Yeah. So I, they... I married a psychopath, and... Um, yeah, it was not good. And they were still uh, living it. They were young enough to where the split time with me that, you know, it definitely had Shit. an effect. Yeah. So okay. that's that's okay. the regret that I would. All Sorry stuff that I did, happened, but fantastic answer. <laughs> it's not a fun answer. Well, I mean, it's if if I had to but it's do real. that, I'd go back to save the kids that because the things we do to ourselves are OK. And we become we become stronger for them. Right. right. For the adversities. But you do want to protect your kids and there was some adversity that wasn't helpful there. So okay. anyway, um, now I've never arrived at this question, uh, feeling like I might know the answer and, and that's actually, uh, uh, a good, it's, it's a good it's thing. A good thing. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully. Um, so complete this for me, please. Mm -hmm. The world would immediately become a better place in which to live. If only, the world would immediately become a better place to live if only there was no fundamentalism. Whoa. Okay. I didn't think you were going to go there. I thought we were going to circle back to the houselessness. Yeah. And that's but how you, wow. That's how you stop it, though. Okay. Can you uh, have a smart brain in a few detailed areas, but mostly it's a dumb brain. Can you Whatever. help me understand what that means? You've got a master's, kid. Yeah, well, you um, know. So, um, yeah, um, so spirituality is so important to us, you know, and whether that's, I don't know what you want to call your God or your spirit or the muse or whatever you want to call it, the intrinsic, the way that I write, you know, that's God, man, you know, God's good. And, uh, you know, whatever that is to you, the, the thing that's kind of meta, the thing that's kind of extra, super, super important. But as soon as someone tries to package it for you and tell you that they're the leader 
and they're the one that's going to tell you how you should live and what God said you should do, that's when you need to run. And that's fundamentalism. Okay. I mean, that's just, okay. and so much bad un, unwinds from that, mm. um, that messes up the most beautiful part of this existence. You know, it kind of makes it really small yeah. and horrible. Cool. Last but not least, we're going to end on a true or false. It is okay and acceptable to wear the t-shirt of the band whose show you're going to. Heck yeah. You're okay. true. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And I hope to see you in one of our. I mean, uh, I, I will. You, I would happily wear one of your shirts, not to one of your shows. I'll, I'll wear it. So you don't do that then? I, I don't. Really? And here's why. Okay. Bring it. Unless you are present to oblige another human. Yeah. We're all here because we're fans of this artist. Gotcha. This is your opportunity to show me something else you're into. You don't need to, ah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. know you're a Critters fan because you're at, standing next to me at the Critters show. Right. Why don't you maybe you're like Lewis. maybe you like the Flintstones or yeah, yeah. Uh, you really like whole grain mustard? You know, show me that because I will. I might not ever see you again for the rest of my life. So. And if you didn't see that whole grain mustard shirt, where would you be? So yeah, no, I'm. I'm I do. I, I mock that a little bit, but I do understand that, and that's actually very valid. Well, I like it. It's. It's fun. It's fun to ask because I like the different answers and different takes, and also what. Anyway, um, how did you? you know, here's the question. Here's the real last question. How did you? Uh, how did you learn about me? How did you come about reaching out? You uh, answered that question uh, for us earlier when you met. I don't know if we were rolling yet or not, but Patrick Spray. Um, oh, Center oh. Cut Records. Shouts out to Patrick and that label. Um, Patrick's amazing. At some point, I don't know if we were rolling, if we were wrapped and we were just visiting, but he just started rattling off names of folks you should ask. And I, I was like, oh, fuck, fuck, you know, like. Uh, you can write. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, I mean, it's double ditch. It's maybe even 20 names. And then, you know, uh, I, I got to get at some point. You know, I got to yeah. sort, sort of like, uh, I got to make a master list of episodes and, 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 and see which ones were his. Well, no use, uh, uh, cause I, I, I throw intro and outro audio. Oh, okay. Um, and I, I really envisioned myself as my reach is so large that I would never repeat yeah. the same sample in in two of, but I have because I've, it's been an, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I opened it this week really, and added, you know, like five episodes worth of data, but I hadn't opened that document since the thing was a, a new idea. Oh my God. So I'm still only to like episode 25 or something like that. And, and anyway, um, wow. so, and so I made this list and then I got to move on to the, I'm always trying to catch up with this thing or mm -hmm. stay current. God forbid, get ahead in some sense. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I, one of these days, uh, here in recent weeks, I saw a window on the calendar. And I was like, I've got to like do something on that list. And I, so I started Okay. and I got to X and there's still more to go, but I was literally just, if you're on it, I'm going to, Hey, where can I find you? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, mister, would you please? And yeah, there you go. So just reaching out to people. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. If anybody follows, you know, like uh, all of a sudden a new Instagram follower. Hey, thanks. Do you want to go? You know. Gotcha. Well, Patrick is the, is the in my opinion, the king of promotion here in town. I mean, just like he yeah. is just the, the guru. I think he would promote. love hearing you say that too. Yeah, I, I think I might have already shared that with him when we've when we've met before. He's he knows it, and he knows he's that he knows he's good at it. So oh, God bless him. Yeah, so he's trying to help yeah. me promote because he knows how lazy I am. Um, to be honest with you, I think he was trying to help me because I okay. always need guests. You know, awesome. I'm not booked through 2024. <laughs> I'm not even booked through December. <laughs> Get Don Don man, Don Yoder. Okay. Because uh, uh, she uh, she can tap you into uh, uh, some of this great punk scene going back cool. 20, 25 years. So. And then maybe she has somebody that she'll. And whoever she recommends would be pretty good. Right. So. Um, Sean M. Stewart is your search on SoundCloud to find uh, a bunch of singles, but also Easter eggs. And pop. You can find Easter eggs and pop on there, yeah. Okay, but you can also find them on Spotify. Yeah. There is some uh, SeanMStewart.com. Is that the URL? And then SeanMStewart.com. Okay. Uh, now, it, it has Easter eggs at this point listed as the most recent, but I've not touched it for four okay. or five months. So, All right. Yeah. Um, thank you so very yeah, much. Yeah, thank you. Um, appreciate you coming. Very nice to meet you, and uh, hope to talk to you soon. Ditto. Sounds Thanks. good. All right. Well, that was fun.